You are listening to the Life Coach School podcast with Brooke Castillo, episode number 186. Welcome to the Life Coach School podcast, where it's all about real clients, real problems, and real coaching. And now your host, Master Coach Instructor, Brooke Castillo. Well, hello, my friends. Today, I have a very exciting podcast for you called How to Make 100K. I have asked some of my students who have made 100K. This is not all of my students that have made 100K. And if you weren't selected for this, it's not because you're not equally awesome. (laughs) I just, this is already going to be a super long podcast. So I asked Katrina, Corinne, Stacy, Brenda, and Jody to share their recent success in making 100K and beyond and give any advice to new coaches or new entrepreneurs that are trying to do the same. So please enjoy this podcast. I had so much fun recording it and I look forward to answering any questions that you guys have. If you are in Scholars, of course, you can go to the Ask Brooke Give me any comments or questions you have about the entrepreneur piece of that program. Okay, my friends, here we go. Okay, we're going to start with Corinne for my first interview. And let me just read to you her intro. She is, first of all, I love Corinne because we have almost the exact same hair. And I love that she's from the South. And I just love her. (laughs) She's so awesome. She's a master weight and life coach through the Life Coach School. She's the owner of fitandfat.com. After 30 years of obesity, she lost 100 pounds and has successfully maintained the loss. The last 10 years, she has worked with hundreds of women, coaching them to lose weight in her private online community and no BS weight loss program. Her philosophy is lose weight the way you will live it. You can find out more information about her at fitandfat.com and you can listen to her podcast called Losing 100 Pounds with Fit and Fat. I loved this interview with Corinne. I love Corinne's story. When I first met her, she couldn't even imagine. I think she was charging like $10 for her program. She couldn't even imagine how possible it was for her to make 100K. And she made it so quickly because she was willing to overcome those fears. So please enjoy this conversation with Corinne Crabtree. Hey, Corinne. Hello. All right. (laughs) So we're just going to start in. I'm going to start firing questions at you. You are... Uh, coach, one of my coaches making 100K a year, yes? Yes. Okay. Definitely. So I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to try and answer this question in like two sentences because there's so many people wondering it. Ready? Yes. How do you make 100K as an entrepreneur? Oh, gosh, two sentences. The first is you plan every single day. You do not go in thinking that you're going to just get stuff done. And then the next thing is make a butt ton of mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Be willing to, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I joke with my team all the time that if they haven't learned anything working with me is that everything we do is open to total failure and we'll just recover and we'll fix it and it'll be better next time. I mean, oh my you just, gosh. You can't stay in the, like the sludge of a mistake. You got to get out of it. It's so true. It's so true. And I see so many people that have asked that same question. How do you make hundred K as an entrepreneur? And I think those are the same people that don't, they want to know the secret 
steps. Right. They don't want to hear you say you have to fail. What they want to hear you say is first you get a domain name. <laughs> right. Right. It's just not like step one, step two, step three, step four, hundred K. Right. It's really about like every day looking at your business. What do you need to change? Everything is, I think that first hundred K is about not having anything other than I want to make a hundred K is, is the plan. Yep. Everything else is like, I'm figuring it out all the way there because yep. what you think it's going to take is never what it's going to take. <laughs> right. That's so true. And I, I love your idea. It's like, have a plan, but then be willing. I love the way you said it. Like be open to failure, like have a plan mm -hmm. and be willing for your plan not to work and then make another plan. Yeah. And I like, I mean, I think for me, one of the important things has been like just making sure it's so easy when you're first getting started for your days to just get away from you where you feel like you're just doing so much, but you're not really doing anything that gets you closer to hundred K. Right. Like you need to account for your time so that at the end of the day, you can go to bed feeling like, okay, I'm getting closer. I'm getting right. closer. Otherwise I just, I just, I know that in the very, very beginning, I just hustled and worked and did, it was like machine gun fireworking. And <laughs> then when I got more like, all right, how about we just put up a target <laughs> and try right. to snipe off some stuff? You know, you hit the target a lot more often. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Okay. What were your doubts about making a hundred K? I've never done it before. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that was probably the biggest thing. I, well, and I will say I probably, when I first started, I was like, I, I couldn't even dream about it. Like, I, I think when I first started, it was just like, I'm just going to make some money and hope that that happens. And then when I really started about that, and it was when I started working more with you was when I started thinking, oh my gosh, like hundred K, like, how do you do this? It was more of like, do I know enough? Like, I really mm -hmm. doubted that, like, I didn't have any doubt that I could do a lot of work because I'm a hard worker. I mean, I have always worked hard, but I didn't know if I was smart enough to get there. Oh, that's interesting. You know, it was- Because only was smart people up. make 100K? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Educated, smart, you know, just people who are, I don't know, it's like, you know, somebody who went to school to make 100K, <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, I had a big hang up on, was I the kind of person that could do that? And I had to work through it. Like, I think, let's talk about that a little bit more because I think there, I talk to so many students that feel that way. They don't feel like they have the right education or right. they feel like they're educated in the wrong field. Right. Or they feel like because they've only ever made 50K or they've only ever made, right. you know, part-time salary, they can't even imagine being able to be the person that makes that. So was there a shift in your thinking? Do you remember? You know, I think for me, it was more of just like, I started realizing that my education level and stuff didn't have really anything to do with it. It was more of like, I looked back at the areas when I was successful. So when I was successful, when I had a job, it was because I showed up every day and I worked hard Mm -hmm. And I was on time, you know, like that had nothing to do with education because I never even went to college. Right. And then I started changing my, my mindset around from, it's not that I'm not smart enough. It's that I am very smart because look at what all I've done so far. I started right. like looking more for evidence of, you know, what skill sets do you have that will get you there? And a lot of mine came back to like the willingness to go back and into the failure thing. You know, I was always successful because I was just willing to just 
be boo-boo the fool, make mistakes and get back up, you know? Yeah. And you know, I actually think sometimes when you're scrappy like that, like when I'm hiring people, sometimes I'm like, I don't really care if you have a college degree or not. Like that's not as important to me because I think a lot of times, because you know, I have a college degree and I did really well in school. And what that sometimes means is that I'm really focused on getting the A or the B, the A or the B, the A or the B, and haven't had maybe to deal with the failures or the shortcomings, right? And that's what being an entrepreneur is all about. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I learned was because I wasn't always going for A's and B's, you know, my thing was if I wanted to eat and have a house and all this other stuff, I had to be willing to show up and work every day. Yeah you know, and not indulge in my insecurities and stuff. You know, like my bosses didn't have time for me to be insecure. Right. <laughs> they weren't going to pay me to do that. And I think you have to, it's almost like you have to have a dual role when you're wanting to make a hundred thousand K or a hundred K. You have to be a boss of yourself that says, we don't have time for these things. We don't pay you to do that. What we yep. do pay you to do is, you know, make us money, add to the bottom line, get your work done. You know, you show up when you don't feel like it. <laughs> There's yep. plenty of times you're, you know, you just don't feel like doing the work because it's hard, you know? So that's kind of an interesting thing too, is how has your work changed since you made a hundred K in your business? And I know that you're well beyond a hundred K you're on your way mm-hmm. to the two comma club now, but <laughs> I'm, I, this podcast, I just want to talk about the hundred K. So did mm-hmm. your work change once you got there or did, did a lot of things change once you made a hundred thousand? Not a ton changed at a hundred. I would say when I went from one to two, it did. Once I crested a hundred, that's when I had to start evaluating, like, could I keep this pace up? Mm -hmm. You know, and and I, one of my strengths is I have a, an immense capacity for pace, but it's at the sacrifice of everything around me. Oh yeah. I did not want to sacrifice everything around me anymore. So I started with, you know, plugging in systems and not just rapid fire, you know, responding to everything, you know, like allocating my time more, you know, that's one of the skill sets that if I had to change anything, like if I was going to tell somebody who's starting from zero and going to a hundred is be serious about allocating your time. It keeps you out of overwhelm. It keeps you out of just the loop cycles of you can't do this and stuff. You know, the more that you can allocate your time and just work, Yep. be focused, the less drama time you have. It's that open <laughs> space is when, you know, soap operas in your head get started. <laughs> that is so true. And that's why I've been teaching a lot in scholars, this idea of when you plan your time, plan for results and not activities, because it's when you plan for activity, that's when drama time sneaks in. You're like, oh, yes. I, you don't even realize that's what you're doing. Right. Okay. So So what would you go back? So my question is, what didn't you know that you know now? Like, what would you tell yourself that you didn't know that you know now? I would be way more disciplined with my time for sure. I would also probably start keeping like a thought process of, am I doing something that just sounds good right now? Or am I thinking about what's going to sound good at 100K? Mm. I think sometimes you get so desperate to start making the money and stuff that you do desperate things to get there. Oh, and you don't, you don't think about the long term. like, is this going to be sustainable? Is this going to, you know, please my clients at 100K and things like that. Like yeah. discounting, I got into a bad habit of discounting all the time, feeling bad for people. And then everybody had different pay and all this stuff. And I'm like, I finally had to just like cut the cord on that and yeah. do my own work around like, this is what I'm worth. 
Yeah. And this is what we're charging and no more, like it's just business. <laughs> so I, let's talk about that. What do you, do you think you were discounting because you wanted to make more money? You wanted them to buy and you were worried that they couldn't afford it? Part of it was, I was worried they couldn't afford it. Part of it was a, a big piece of it in the beginning, I would say, was more my own self-doubt of my own self-worth. And so it was mirroring and how I was charging people. You know, I knew, I always knew that I could help people. I always knew that I had a great product and stuff, but I just couldn't believe that people were willing to pay me for it. And until I got to the point to where I cultivated that belief, it, you know, I just, I just kept discounting. And then sometimes I would be like, well, you know, she, she's got a hard story. I feel bad for her. And there's just no way to run a business. You, you know, one of the most important things about getting to hundred K is consistency you know, it's consistency in your time, consistency in your decisions, consistency in what you charge, those kind of things. Right. You, you just got to practice consistency. So now what do you do when you have someone who tells you that they can't afford it or they have a sad story or something like that? Well, how do you approach that? I send them to my website where I have free blogs designed yep. specifically for people. I mean, I literally do this every single day because the more money you make and the more reach you have, the more people are going to want your help. Yeah, And the way I look at it personally, so that I feel really good about it is I do an immense amount of good quality free product. I have a podcast. I have my blog. I do Facebook lives. If someone wants the help, they can listen to those. Are they getting personally guided? No, but that's right. part of the exchange. You know, that's right. That's right. Why yeah. You would work with me. Right. So I feel really good about that side. And I just tell them that's where you go for that stuff. Yeah, You know, I, I had a lady the other day say something about, she said, I'm sure you're worth it or something in an email. And I just wrote her back and I said, yeah, I am worth every penny. That's why I charge what I charge. Yeah, And here's where my free stuff is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's and, and I think that's just a huge shift in being willing to let the people that aren't your people go. You know, one of the yes. things I teach all the time to all of my students is you have to pick who the people are who are going to be your customers. And right. the people that are going to be your customers need to be able to afford you, right? right? They need to be willing to invest in their mental health and in your case, into their own weight loss and focused focused on that. And if they aren't, then that isn't your target market. Right. Right. And I think that, you know, for a long time, I almost felt, you know, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through this. You almost, when you've never, when you've always worked for someone and now you're going to like work for yourself, yeah, you almost feel skeezy charging people. Yes. Like there's just yes. weird stage. And I had to really do some work on that too. And just think there's nothing wrong with charging it. I told somebody the other day, I have a love affair with electricity and water. That's why I charge people, <laughs> you know, I like well, you know, that's so funny that you say it like that because I was, I, I'm teaching in my entrepreneur classes, like you want to be someone that people love to pay. Yes. Right. Like, so you're, you're one of my customers, right? You love right. to pay because you know, yes. if you pay me money, you're going to get tenfold back on the money that you pay. Oh yeah. Right. And, yes. <laughs> and we both love to pay for electricity. Right. And you want to be someone like, if your electric company came to you and said, you can't pay us anymore, we'd be like, no, please let us pay. Like we would beg the electricity company <laughs> right. to let us pay them so we could have right. electricity, right? Exactly. So I don't think sometimes we forget that we can be that to someone, right? Right. Where right. we'd love to pay our phone bill. 
our iPhone bills, right? Mm -hmm. We love to pay for our cars. We love to pay. And like people don't think about it that way, but, but they would as soon as we took away the opportunity to pay for something like that. Exactly. Like, I mean, oh, I don't want to pay electricity, but oh, are you sure? <laughs> right. right. And I, you know, I think a lot of times too, like when, when I do have people that I'm not the right fit for, I just, right. that's literally the thought that I have is like, they're just not the right fit for me and I'm not yep. the right fit for them. But my people, like I want my, I want to design my business in a way that when my person finds me, they are like, hallelujah, let's yeah. just get married. Exactly. <laughs> it's you like know. you're their electricity, right? It's yes. like, they're like, I got to pay for this. I want it. People say that to me when they're in scholars. So like, I pay you monthly because that's like my personal trainer for my mind. Yes. I know that I'm going to stay fit by paying that. And they love to pay that money. And I have people that I love paying money to like my mm -hmm. coach, Frank Kern. Yes. He's like, yeah, come spend a day with me. It's 18 grand. I'm like, where do I sign? Well, that's like, you know, even with ever since I've started working with you, like I, you know, I like tell my husband, I'm going to, you know, spend the money. And like, even he's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. even to him, your electricity. Right. 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 And so that's, and if you're, if somebody, this is what we say, like, for example, if somebody wants to cancel their membership in scholars, we're like, bye, because we don't want you paying us. Right. If you're not all in. Now, if you're struggling, then we will help you in the right. sense that like we'll get you up to speed and make sure you're not overwhelmed and stuff like that. But I think that's a really important point to new coaches, anyone who's a new entrepreneur that's trying to get to that level. You want to be someone that people love to pay and then you won't feel that icky feeling of asking for money. From right. people. And I think it's such a good guidepost too, when you think about it, like, you know, I want to be the kind of person that somebody says, you are my no brainer money for the month. Yeah. It helps you show up for them in such yes. a better way because like, you're always thinking about how can I best serve you? Yes. You're not thinking about, oh, I'm taking your money. Like I never think about I'm taking people's money. I always think about what am I doing for my clients? What yes. are we doing today for the clients? How are they feeling? So, I mean, that's, and I, and that's what I teach, you know, I have, I'm a baby in the grand scheme of growing now, but now that I have like just a few little team members, I drill yep. it into their head all the time. It's like our, our girls, like they are what we do. We live and breathe them. And yep. as long as we're serving them, then everything that we design and we plan and everything, it will all make sense. So, so you know, true. it's, it's just about, it's like you always say, it's about like, how are you giving that value? Give it ahead of time, whether they're paying you right now or you're doing your free content. How are you giving your value ahead of time? Yep. And I think that's, that's the last point there is like, when you are caught up in asking for money or you're caught up in what it feels like for you, you are way too focused on yourself. Right. Right no matter what business you're in, because there may be some people listening to this podcast that aren't coaches, right? That are in different industries. You have to think about your customer and what is the value that you're delivering them. And then you will feel so excited. To, right. Because, and this is what I say too. It's like, you know, when you're selling a Mercedes for $10, mm -hmm. you know, and somebody's like, no, thanks. You're like, no, 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 really. <laughs> it's a Mercedes. Right. And it's $10. And so <laughs> if you feel like your value is that good, then when people, when selling will just be easy. You're just like, right. oh my gosh, it's the most amazing thing in the whole world. So, yeah. um, but I do think that's a huge hurdle for, for people when they've always worked for someone else mm -hmm. to get to the position where you have to be asking for money because you're going to risk someone saying no. Exactly. Well, I, I, I talk to 
like people, you know, in, in my field and stuff all the time who are starting out. And I tell them like, if you're not willing to feel risk every day, Mm -hmm. then you are in the wrong field. Like entrepreneurs are like excited to feel risk. They're excited to make mistakes. You're willing to feel uncomfortable. Like you embrace it. And if you're pushing against it, then you need to work on that because you picked, it's just like, you've picked the wrong place to be. If that's the feelings you don't like to feel. Yep. That's so true. And I think people that look at, and I always say people always compare their beginning to my end, right? Right. And so I think a lot of times people look at me or anyone who's making a really good living as an entrepreneur and they think, oh, that looks easy. Mm -hmm. That looks fun. They get to work from home. And in so many ways it is. And it's just uncomfortable in the way, being an entrepreneur is uncomfortable in the ways that working for someone else isn't, right? So the comfort you get from working from someone else is they're taking all the risk. Right. But then you have to do what they say. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's the trade-off that you make, right? right? But when you're an entrepreneur, you take all the risk, but then you get to do what you want in the way that you want it. So I think it's absolutely worth it. All right. What is your advice? You kind of already answered this, but if you, if you were going to sum up your advice to someone who's like, oh my gosh, I wish I were you. Like you're living, this is crazy to think about, Corinne. Think about <laughs> you're living someone else's dream right now. I know. And it, like, it almost welled up when you said it. <laughs> I knew it was basically right? come out your mouth. <laughs> right? Someone else wants to be able to do what you're doing right now. Be an entrepreneur, making well over $100,000 a year. What is your advice to them? Oh my gosh. It's so woo woo, but it really, (laughs) it's really, you got to believe in yourself, even when you don't want to believe in yourself. Mm. You know, every day that you just don't, you just be like, you know, today I'm working on the ability to believe in myself. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, I don't quite believe in myself, right? right. (laughs) Today I get to work on that, you know, but it really is. I mean, I think that just always being in the mindset of being willing to work on your belief in your own like abilities, your, your, you know, intelligence, your, just, you can do it. You can make it, you know, like there's days you're tired and like that first hundred K is a lot of hustling. You know, you you don't have staff. You don't, you know, I know it's easy for people to say like, yeah, you get to farm stuff out now and everything's like, yeah, but those years I didn't, you know, but I showed up anyway. And I think it's just, you have to have that belief. And I, I mean, that's probably, you just, you can't indulge in the idea of stopping because you don't believe in yourself. Yeah. You have to just keep going. Yeah. And that is the hardest thing to do. It sounds like an easy thing to do. Believe in yourself. Like everyone's like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. But like when you really think about it, like how hard is that to really believe that you have what it takes to build a business that is what your business is right now? Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't, especially if you've never done it, because I never started a business when I started mine. Right. You know, I didn't just step in with like, I'm fixing to build this big business. I stepped in and was just like, I'm getting started because I have a passion to help people. Mm. And every day I'm just going to like show up for that. And the more you show up and the more you just keep doing the next thing, you get good at that. And then when you get good at that, you start believing more. Believe like the feeling of belief becomes easier as you don't quit. Yeah. <laughs> if you quit, you will never believe in you. But if it's you so just true. keep going no matter what, it strengthens. And then one day you just, it's just like, it's crazy because I tell people this all the time. It's like one day you just wake up, you do believe in yourself. It's like, when did this happen? It's like, I don't know, it's just <laughs> like, it just happened, you know. But there were so many days that there was just doubt. Yep. 
Yeah. So, so that I lost the money at the beginning. So like I, there was a lot of non-believability. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's where that part of failing comes in, right? It's just yes. like, are you going to decide this doesn't work? I can't do this or right. this is just part of the process, right? Right. Okay. So my last question is, and I know that we've talked about this before, but I'd love to share it with the people that listen is you've lost a hundred pounds, uh-huh. right? You've made a hundred K. Yes. Seems like those are very different things, right? No. But they're not. <laughs> Tell me how losing 100 pounds and going through that process really helped you in building your business. I mean, it's the same thing. When I first started losing weight, I didn't believe that I, like first, I had no idea I'd lose 100 pounds. Here's what I did know, that I was going to get started just like I got started with my business. Yeah. I knew that I could figure things out. And I was willing to get up each day and figure out the next best step. And that was how I ended up losing 100 pounds. I didn't have a magic plan or magic pill or anything. And there was tons of weeks that I didn't lose any weight. And I had to just keep going, just like there have been tons of years where I didn't necessarily make money. And I had to just keep going because I had like a faith that Mm -hmm. this is the path that I want to be on. And if I want to be on this path, I take all of it. Like I take the ups and the downs and the you know, all the routes. And probably that the, probably the biggest thing was, is that when I lost my hundred pounds, the one thing that I did different than I did any other diet was I didn't look for there to be a plan all the way to a hundred. I quit focusing on losing a hundred pounds and I started focusing on what's going on right now. What Mm. can I affect and change and show up for today? Yes. And then make a better plan for tomorrow. And that's a lo- the same kind of thing that I did that first 100K is just, you know, really dialing into my day-to-day small activities. What were the little things that weren't helping? What are the things that I can plug in basics that I can do that will get me there? Like showing up for a blog. I mean, I blogged eight years almost every single day. I wow. can't tell you how many people I know who won't blog at all. And there wasn't hardly anybody reading my blog all those years, but I did it anyway. Yep. Because I was showing up for the three or four people that would read it. <laughs> so it's so, that is so true. And I think what you talk about is so important because we talk about, I mean, it's funny for me to even hear you say, well, my first 100K. <laughs> You know, because I met you when you hadn't made it. And that seemed like such a big goal and so far away. And so I think that, you know, a lot of people are like, I'd just like to make $1,000 in my business. I'd like to make $2,000 in my business. And so I think that's a really, I just like to lose three pounds. Right. right? And so I think sometimes when you look at how far away 100K is or how far away your weight loss goal is, that can be, you know, so defeating. You don't want to lose sight of that goal, but your advice to just come back, like, can you lose half a pound? Right. Can you make $1? Right. It's that focus. I think that, and I learned this totally from you, that idea of when you're looking way back, you're usually sitting there comparing yourself to either your mistakes or where you were and where you're not now. And during all of that comparison time, it's time not spent on doing any work. Yes. And then when you start looking way off down the road, a lot of, most of the time, especially in weight loss, people are thinking about how far they have to go and how hard it's going to be. And if I only knew, again, there's no work going on right now. And it's right. like, be dialed into today. And, you know, it's the, the, all the yogis always say, how you do one thing is how you do anything. Yep. Whether you're losing weight or you're starting a business or whatever it is, you really have to be dialed into today, even at this level. 
where I'm making more than 100K, I go to bed every night with a plan for the next day. Right. <laughs> I just, right. It's, it's every, just the and, way it is. And even though you've lost 100 pounds. I go, I wait, yeah. Like I do my food prep every week. I have a yep. plan for the week. And a lot of times it changes. But yep. it's that plan is there. And all I have to do is look at it and be like, okay, I just need to adapt it. It's not yep. like, well, I'm going to blow it up or whatever. And I'm really good about, you know, the integrity of the plan, you know, change it when it needs to be changed and know when you're changing it because you just don't want to like, I, right. I think, right. When you're going off the plan completely. And I yeah. think that's the other misconception that a lot of people have is that, Oh, I'll lose a hundred pound and then I'll be able to relax and chill out and lay on the couch more or <laughs> I'll make a hundred K and then I'll mm -hmm. be so happy and I'll be able to write. And it, the right. truth is how you get there is how you keep staying there. Right. And so that's why when people are in a hurry to get to that destination, to get to that point, they're missing that this is the whole journey that never changes. Right. Right. It right. never changes. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, I am so proud of you, girl. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing. And if you guys want to find out more about Corinne, go to fitandfat.com. Do you want to spell that out? Is that, does it have those little slashes in it? It does, but they can actually okay. do P as in Paul, N as in no, P as in Paul. So like PNP411.com and that also oh, will nice. take them there. It's so all much right. easier P to say. PNP411. <laughs> you can find out all about Corinne and her business. She's one of my master coaches. She's amazing. She teaches in scholars. Um, everybody loves her. <laughs> Typically has a different color hair. <laughs> Yeah, I'm back to my, my fall blonde. <laughs> You'll have to check her out there. So thank you so much, darling. Love you. Thank you. Okay, my friends. Next, we have my interview with Katrina. Katrina is one of my students who went through my life coach program, my weight coach program, and was a client in my weight masterclass. She now is killing it in her business. She made 100K, more than 100K in her first year of business. I'm so proud of her. She's an MD and a pediatrician turned certified life and weight loss coach. She helps busy women physicians permanently end their weight struggle through coaching and the latest weight loss research. She also hosts the podcast Weight Loss for Busy Physicians. She lost 50 pounds herself utilizing the tools she teaches and now weighs less than she did in ninth grade. I'm in love with Katrina. She is such an example of what is possible. You'll love this conversation that we had right before we started recording. <laughs> she was like freaking out of what she's going through, growing pains. And so it was really fun to be able to talk about that. So please enjoy this conversation with me and Katrina. Hey, Katrina, welcome to the podcast, to the $100,000 podcast, because you are the $100,000 woman. You are one of, I, I think, <laughs> I think you're one of three of my coaches who made six figures in their first year. So awesome. congratulations on that. that Honestly, is... multiple six figures in their first year. Well, oh, right then. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be clear. <laughs> okay. So I've had hundreds of coaches. I've had hundreds of people that I've coached that have wanted to make six figures that I think believe that it's absolutely impossible especially as a life coach. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. If, did you believe that that would happen for you? And why do you think you did create that for yourself? I 
really did think that that was possible. I think it was just kind of this idea of that's not that much money when you kind of do the math and you start breaking it all down. I think I could do that. It was the multiple six figures that I thought for sure would blow my mind, like had no, literally no idea. You may recall, I asked you how, and you said, you don't need to know how. And I came back to <laughs> how. <laughs> so the, the first hundred thousand, I felt like I could see the how, like it was literally just breaking it down, finding the clients, really changing my thinking to believe that I could create clients, that I didn't need to wait for them to come to me, that I could go out and find them. And if I really felt like what I had to offer was really valuable, especially to my niche client. And I really believe that once she got that information and learned about what I had to offer, she would want it. So I think taking your very good advice to really, really be specific in my niche was Mm -hmm. gold. Huge. Okay, wait. So I want to talk about both those things. The first thing I want to talk about was your comment where I said to you, you don't need to know how. And here's, I want to describe why that is. Those of you guys have listened to the podcast, you understand why that is. But the idea of believing something, believing in an idea and feeling that belief be true for you is so important before you understand the how. Because most people won't believe something until they know the how. And the reason why that's a problem is because if the only reason that you believe you can make six figures is because you know how to make six figures, then when you start doing that how, and that how inevitably won't work, <laughs> right? Because you'll, there's all sorts of different ways to get there. When you, the reason you believe in it is because of that certain how, and that how doesn't work, then you lose the belief and you quit. And so when I was talking to Katrina, I've been coaching her for couple years now, the idea is you believe in that idea and you believe that you can make six figures no matter what. And then there's several hows in how to get there. So when my original how that I thought was not at all how it ended up happening. That's so interesting, isn't it? Right? So had you believed, okay, the reason why I can make multiple six figures is because of A plus B equals C. And then you go in and A plus B does not equal C, then you give up. And I think that's what happens to so many of my students. I was just thinking about this. We're having a pool put in right now and they're like halfway through and it's such a mess. Like there is stuff everywhere and it doesn't look like anything's coming together and it doesn't look like we're ever going to have a pool. And I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, someday this will be a pool. Like we will get into this pool, but like right now I just want to give up. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. I'm like, this is never going to work. How is this ever going to be a pool? And I was thinking, oh my God, this is exactly how, you know, because the mason's supposed to come and then the plumber's going to come and then the plumber's missing a part and then the mason's wife is ill. And then there's all these things that make it so that pool is never going to happen. And I think about that. I'm like, if I didn't truly believe in pools, <laughs> right? I don't know if a pool can happen for me, <laughs> right? I would really genuinely give up on this pool right now. And so anyway, I think that that's what's true for us as we're building our businesses, right? There's so many reasons to quit. And so believing in the end result without knowing the exact how I think is so, so. Yeah. And I mean, I really had to take a leap of faith on your advice on that. Yeah. (laughs) Even my husband came to me after I had created this, you know, big goal for myself a couple times and said, 
are you sure that's a good idea? <laughs> I was like, stop talking to me about it. It's the goal. <laughs> You're like, look, I'm trying to believe it myself. Um, and I, I think that that is the magic of our work, right? So you work with physicians who are wanting to lose weight and it's the exact same process, right? So someone will come to you and they'll say, listen, I've tried everything to lose weight. I can't lose weight. And it's the same belief system that they have to adopt when it comes, as we do when we're trying to make money, right? It's like $100,000. I mean, I remember when I told Frank, my coach, that I wanted to make a million dollars, you know, and I I might as well have said, I want to be a pink unicorn that flies at night. (laughs) You know, it's like, it doesn't even make any sense. Like, how do you make a million dollars? That seems like so astronomical. And, you know, and he just came back and said, you know, that's about $83,000 a month. That was his answer to me. It was just like, it's just math. It's totally just math. Yeah. It just totally works. And so when you believe in something, then you start going about the how and it doesn't, the how doesn't matter as much. Right. And then the second thing that you had said was about your niche and how important it is to niche down. So let's talk a little bit about your niche journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I went to coach training really having no idea what I was going to choose. Right. I had thought since I'm a pediatrician, I had thought maybe I'd want to work with parents or some sort of parenting kind of a thing. But then as we had the day where we were choosing, I was really interested in doing the weight loss because I wanted to lose weight myself and I'd signed up for stop overeating masterclass. So I thought, well, this kind of would make sense because I'm going to learn a lot of things. Right. And, And so I can you know, teach those to these physicians. And I thought, I really liked the idea that it was more peer kind of related. I thought that if I came as a pediatrician to the parents, that it might still be sort of this, you know, I'm in charge kind of a, a, you know, kind of dynamic. And I didn't really like that too much. So, so I decided to do that. And then you told us you're not allowed to switch for a year. And I believed you. And so I said, okay, well, until September of 20. 17, like for sure, this is what I have to do. And so then, yeah, when things seemed like they were a terrible idea, I just followed my promise to you in my head to not switch it. (laughs) Well, and I want to be clear too, because I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast are my students. They are coaching students, right? That want to make six figures that are probably listening to this episode. You thought you, you were like, I got my niche. I'm going to work with physicians. I'm going to work with, you know, people that want to lose weight. And then even then we, you would present ideas to me. Like for example, the name of your podcast was going to be what? I think it was going to be something like healthy life and healthcare or something like that. (laughs) Healthy life and healthcare. My book was like, that's the worst name I've ever heard. I'm like, no, you are working with physicians who want to lose weight. And so we really narrowed it down. Like you're only working with physicians that are currently practicing that are current, like really having to turn a lot of people away that want to work with you. And that was, that was uncomfortable. That really was uncomfortable Yeah, to to really just go, okay. uh, So, so what would you say to my students who are like, I don't want to limit myself. Cause I really, and, and you know, impressed upon you that you needed to limit that. Yeah. I mean, I really truly believe that saying when you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody, like it will, your work and what you're saying will not resonate with anybody unless you're speaking to a specific person. Now in my podcast, I'm very specifically talking to women physicians who are in clinical practice in a certain age group who have weight issues. And 
I get emails and comments from people who are men and yeah. who are not physicians at all and right. who, you know, are loving what I'm offering and they've lost a bunch of weight. So that's great, right? Like more power to them. That's of totally course. Fine. Yeah. But if I were trying to create content to help all of those people, it would dilute all of it and it wouldn't resonate with anybody. That's so right. I really, what I find so interesting is I have podcast listeners who tell me, I feel like you're in my head. I feel like you're telling, you're saying all the things that I think on a regular basis. And I, you know, I feel like you're talking straight, directly to me, straight to me. And the thing is, I kind of am like when right. I'm talking to them on the podcast, like I'm thinking of one person who's struggling yes. with this issue. And that makes them so badly want to work with you because you can really help them in their specific issue. And there's enough of them that I can, you know, have more than enough people that I can work with. So I, I think we should talk about that just briefly because I think that I have the same issue in my head that most of my students have is that there's just not enough people to work with us because yeah. when we first start out, we don't have any clients. So we think that there's no one in the world. Yeah. And so I started running Facebook ads and running them to my self-coaching 101 book and like a hundred people were buying it a day. And I kept saying to my Facebook guys, I'm like, where are these people coming from? And they were <laughs> laughing. They're like, no, you don't understand. Like some people do thousands a day, like thousands and thousands a day. And so I think we're so limited in our mind, which is ironic, right? So we're so limited in our mind. We think we have to include the whole universe in order yeah. to get new clients. And the opposite is true. Like the more focus, the more we eliminate, the more people we have. Because you have tons of doctors that want to work with you that are yeah. the reason they want to work with you is because they're practicing right now exactly. and you speak their language. Yeah. And they know that I can help them with their very specific challenges. Yes. There's a million weight loss programs out there. Yes. Right? Like, I mean, any number that you can pick from. So why should yes. they pick mine? Because I have the solution to the challenges that they always come up against. That's right. I help them with all their challenges with time and stress and, you know, crazy schedules and things like that, where you just don't get that anywhere else. So if I were trying to talk to lawyers too, yeah, I wouldn't really focus on helping them with that issue. I mean, and I know what their issues are because that was me. That's exactly <laughs> I, right. Yeah. I, I literally had Google searched weight loss for doctors and couldn't find anything. It was all medical weight loss, blah, blah, blah. That wasn't yeah. what I wanted. And so I figured, well, maybe there's probably some other people out there who would like the solution, you know? Yeah, like, you know I, what? That's such a good point because you could have said, you know, professionals, high income earning professionals, which it would have included lawyers, mm -hmm. which would have included like high end executives, right? So you could have opened that up more and you would have lost so much of your traction mm -hmm. because yeah, you could probably help an attorney. I mean, I helped you. Yeah. You're a doctor, yeah. right? Right. But if there was an option between choosing me and general weight loss or choosing to work with someone that was specific to doctors, of course you're going to pick the person that's specific to doctors. So I can't emphasize that enough. I get so much pushback on wanting to narrow and I just, your, your brain just can't understand that less is more. Like it just really, can't. <laughs> right. It's just like, it does not compute, you right. know, it's just like an error message. <laughs> it's so good. So most of the people that I'm going to interview on this podcast are into, they've already made a hundred thousand. They're into two, three hundred thousand. But let's talk about that first hundred thousand. What do you think is the most important thing to remember when you're building your business and you're in that phase? It's going to be super uncomfortable. 
<laughs> really is going to be uncomfortable. And you're not going to believe, I was actually just talking about this to my husband because I had heard the first 100,000 was the hardest. And it really is because you don't have the audience yet and you mm-hmm. still don't know for sure that people really want what you're offering. Yes. You're still working so hard to just offer value. You're offering value like crazy right and left. And you know, you're maybe getting a little bite or a little nibble here and there. And yes. so you just have to keep going. It's so uncomfortable. I mean, one thing I did that was so uncomfortable was I pitched myself to the local NPR station for an interview. Oh my God. I was, oh, I was so worked up over the whole thing and ended up being a wonderful thing for me to do for my business. Mm-hmm. And it just helped give me evidence for myself. I can do this. Right. I just did. I just did that. I got a paying client out of it, gave me legitimacy in my business. It was one of the best things I could do, but my brain the entire time was like run away the other direction for sure. That is the worst thing you've ever come up with. Yeah. So you just have to keep going and going and going and going and believing in the overall big picture. Yep. All of a sudden, I mean, for me, you remember it took off like wildfire. I mean, to the point where within a month, probably maybe six weeks, I was like, I'm way too busy. What's happening? How did this happen so fast? Yeah, but you had been building. (laughs) I was used to that though, because in medical practice, it's the same thing that happens. You need more and more patients and all of a sudden you have too many. So I was like, oh, this is just like that. Okay. I understand. Well, what about people that'll say, I think this is an interesting thing for us to make note of because I think people will say, well, she's a doctor, so it's easier for her to build credibility Mm. with her clients. And so she's a special snowflake. I won't be like her. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't any easier for me. I mean, I will say my clients have money. That helps. You should choose a niche where the people want to pay money to yeah, solve their problems. That's a I good mean, idea. That's that a really good idea. And and so I chose one of those niches. So so that was good. But I mean, let's talk about how, you know, your big fear, which is so interesting, right? Because so, some people say, well, you're a doctor, so that's you already have credibility, easy for you to work with them. But you have to remember that, Katrina, I don't know if you even remember this. It's like you have doctors and you, you're a doctor turned life coach, right? <laughs> <laughs> this was a problem in your brain, right? And I was like, kept saying, this is not a problem. This is not a problem. This is the best thing ever. But I think for some people, they think, oh, if you have like, oh, if you're certified or you have this special thing behind your name, then of course you're going to be able to be more successful, which is such BS because you had to overcome that whole issue of, yeah, well, I, I was really pretty intimidated by my niche client. Right. Like really, really intimidated. I, I really had to work through that. And it didn't help by having someone who was pretty negative about what I was offering on the right. internet early, early on. In hindsight, that was a great thing that happened because it offered me the possibility to narrow my niche even more and to get really, really specific about what I was offering. Yep. Basically, somebody was saying that I was offering bariatric help you know, making it very medical and that's not at all what I'm offering. So it helped me to get very clear on that. How is this different than seeing a weight loss physician? You know, it's completely different and these are the reasons why. And so that was really helpful for me to just go, okay, well, this is what I'm going to offer. And then I just kept going. I still kept going with the idea that there's got to be doctors out there. This happened before I even had one physician. So I'd never worked with my ideal client even once. And there was already some pushback. But once I started working with some, you know, just a couple people who were physicians, who were my ideal client, who absolutely wanted what I had to offer, were getting great results. They were so happy. 
I felt like I was learning and doing a good job. I was like, okay, there's always going to be those people out there. And these are the people I want to work with. I don't want to work with someone who thinks that what I'm offering isn't good. Right. Right. Then they're not my person. Right. I want to work with the people who go, yeah, this is amazing. I've always been into this stuff and I'd love to apply it to my weight loss struggle. Yeah. And I think too, I think your market is so brilliant because I think physicians are so undertrained, right? When it comes to weight loss, I've had so many clients go to physicians for weight loss to give them the worst, most terrible advice. And right. And so I love that you can, I think physicians, many physicians feel inadequate in that way because they aren't able to help their clients lose weight because they're overweight themselves. And so I think going to someone who can totally relate to that because you've lost Mm -hmm. a bunch of weight yourself, you've gone through the process yourself, you understand that journey, I think it's just... I think it's just made that marriage between you and your ideal clients so brilliant. Totally. So. There's a lot of shame in giving advice about something that you struggle with yourself. Yes, of course. And my, my patients ask me every day how they can lose weight and I don't even know what to tell them because yeah. I tried all of it too and none of it works. Right. And so that, I mean, that's a terrible place to live in, you know, and you know, all of us think that we're the special snowflake. We're the only ones who have a certain problem. And when I work with them, especially in group settings and they see how, oh my gosh, and she has that too. And she has that too. I'm not the only one that just helps them so much. Not even with the weight stuff. Cause as you know, it's not even really about the food. Right. It's about all the other stressors in their lives, trying to be this high achiever, trying to be amazing as a doctor and also amazing at home with all their family responsibilities, feeling like they're failing at both. They feel terrible. And so then yep. they eat because that's what we do, right? That's right. What and they don't want to talk to anyone about it, right? Right. Well, because who can really understand? Well, another physician and that's where right. I come into play. Yeah. So good. Okay. Let's talk business models. So we have a structure that we set up at the Life Coach School for how people can start building their business. And we have them start with the one-on-one coaching. So can you talk a little bit about how you started with the one-on-one coaching and then, and then what you've grown into now? Yeah. So I started with one-on-one and that was all I was offering. And that was going great. And I would work with, even though I was marketing to physicians, I would take whoever wanted to pay me money. So I I worked with all kinds of people. So, you know, people, even people who are not in healthcare at all, they, liked what I was offering and they wanted some help. And so I definitely let them hire me and and we worked together and that was great and really fun. And wait, let me just pause you there because the reason why that worked in that position is because you were working one-on-one. So you're marketing to physicians, but in the beginning, because you were working one-on-one, you would take anyone because it was the one-on-one. You weren't creating a group where physicians would want to be working with each other, which has changed where you are now. But I think it's a really good distinction that people understand, like just because you're marketing to a very specific market doesn't mean in the beginning that you won't work with whoever will let you coach them. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I was like, great, let's do it. What are you? You know, it doesn't matter what your background is. So, um, so I coached all of them. And then what ended up happening was I started a podcast and the podcast through word of mouth mostly really took <laughs> took flame basically. And yeah. all of a sudden there were all these physicians who were learning about what I had to offer and they were all really, really interested. So what I found was that all of a sudden, very quickly, a lot of people were interested in having mini session calls. So like a sales call with me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was booking out months and months for those. And pretty much every person who was getting on a call with me wanted to sign up. So I pretty rapidly 
found that I just, there was, there was just no way that I, you know, could help all these people. And even a wait list would have been too long because yeah. most of the people who still hadn't lost weight wanted to continue on with me. I didn't offer a program that was six or eight or 12 weeks. And then that was the end. They wanted to continue until they had all the weight off. So that's when I basically- Okay, wait, stop there for just a second. Yeah. Because I just want to, I want to slow it down just for people that are brand new. So basically the way that we sell- and the way that I teach at the school is you sell a program. So you would get a one-on-one person to sign up with you and then they would coach with you. What was your program? Six weeks? I think at first I started with six weeks just to try to get anybody to just sign up yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the idea that so I could sell make a commitment. Money. Right. They'd make a commitment for six weeks. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you got to the point where you had so many one-on-one clients that your day was filled with coaching one-on-ones, right? All day. And yeah. then you were getting a waiting list. Now, a lot of people come to me and they will come to you and see your business model now. And they'll say, oh, I like your membership business model. I think I'll do that. Or I like your group coaching model. I think I'll do that. And what I always say, and this is to all of you who are coaches, whether you've gone through my school or not, you are not ready for group coaching and you are not ready for a membership site until you are maxed out on your one-to-ones. So that's right where you were. You had plenty of one-to-ones. Now what's great about the model and the way that you did it is all that one-on-one is such good practice. Totally. Right? You're coaching all day, every day. And at that point, once you get to the point where you can't accommodate everything, everyone, there's two options. You either raise your prices until they're extremely high, which people will still pay for and you give them that very high end service. And that's a beautiful business model for a lot of people and you still work one-on-one or you move into the group coaching, which is what you did. So let's talk about Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I really had to work through the structure of it first. I really didn't see how groups would work. Mm-hmm. for my target client because of their schedules being so opposite of one another. And so <laughs> yeah, this is why everybody should hire a coach. Brooke said to me, why don't you just do it all online? And it was like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> I didn't know that was a possibility. <laughs> I thought you had to have weekly calls. And so, uh, so that's what I did. And I marketed it and it was not difficult to get a good chunk of people together. And I started with a couple of groups to start off with. And that was really, really good to start on a smaller scale because it gave me a lot more experience in coaching people together as a group. And it was great because within a couple of weeks, I felt super confident, comfortable. It was like, felt like I'd been doing it all along, but it didn't feel like something super overwhelming. And I've loved that. I've loved being able to just basically maximize my time and effort and help. You know, when you coach people one-on-one and you have this really big breakthrough, you wish that other people who had the same problem could hear that too. Yes. Because it would really help them too. And that's exactly what we do in a group. You know, I don't need to coach 20 people on the same issue. I can coach one person on it and all other 19 people are getting just as much value. Out Could of it. totally benefit. Yeah. So I think it's funny that you said it wasn't hard at all to get the group <laughs> because this is what I want to remind you of. And this is so good for you to kind of look back and see, oh, that's easy now because now I can do it. But when you're learning something, when you're going through it the first time, it's challenging because you don't know, right? You don't yeah, know I what no idea doing. people would sign up. Yeah. Will people sign up? And so one of the things that we did, I mean, you, we had the benefit of you and I were working very closely together at the time. So Katrina signed up with me for my coach training and my stop overeating masterclass, which was huge investment. But because I was coaching with her on the 
the weight at the time, I was able to help her also with some of her sales letters and with the way she communicated and with the way that she did those mini calls. So even though she's saying it's easy, the way that she did that was very calculated, very planned. She got a lot of feedback from me. She went through all the due diligence and then she did mini calls with all of those people, which is what we call our sales calls, right? So she's on the phone talking to each one of those people and accepting them in there. So I think a lot of people would not say that was easy. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, actually, because I sort of <laughs> forgot about that part. <laughs> and I didn't have to actually sell each one of them on the group. You're like, that's easy now that it's done. Everybody just paid me money and signed up. That's not how it went. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, that was tough for you at the time. And I think it was delightful because you got such a great result. And a lot of times we don't on our first round. Like you could have done all of that work and not had a great result. But It like, was we super were- fun, but it was also really scary. Like, oh yes. my gosh. Now I've got all these people. I need to help them. Like, right. okay, how am I going to do that? Right. Oh my gosh. They're all looking at me like baby birds. What do I do? Right. <laughs> right. So, but that was great because all of a sudden, instead of your time being just one off time, you were able to leverage your time. And that is not, I've had a lot of coaches that want to start there and you, it's very challenging to start there. You have to have such a demand for your work to be able to accommodate the group and be able to charge them a price that makes sense on both sides. And when everybody really wants in, you know, you're not like just kind of like dragging some people in or trying to convince your friend or something. Yeah. Right. Really want to be there. The energy of the group is so great. They're really supporting each other. They're all in. It really, it creates such a great experience for them when everybody, I mean, they're like, great, I would love to work with you one-on-one, but if all you're offering is group, then I'll take it. I mean, with you, I would have loved to work with you one-on-one, but you weren't offering it. So, okay, I guess I have to join this group. I mean, that's just what was offered. So, yeah. Um, and you know, it's, now I can see it is so fun. much more powerful as a participant. You don't realize that until you're in the group seeing someone else coach. Exactly. So I just want to end with talking about before we started recording, we were talking, Katrina and I talk on the phone. I coach her sometimes about what's going on in her business. And one of the things that I think people think, and there's probably many people that are thinking, oh, if I could just make $100,000, if I could just be at my goal weight right? So you're pretty much doing both, right? You're at your goal weight, you lost all your weight, you're, you're at that $100,000. And so when we get on the phone, it should just be rainbows and daisies. You know, I should just be like, Brooke, thank you so much for making my life so ridiculously amazing. (laughs) You should just be like, hello, it's another beautiful day in paradise. (laughs) That is not what happens. That's not what happens with me. That's not what happens (laughs) with you. So talk just briefly about what your biggest challenge is now. Uh, right now, it's managing my mind. <laughs> Isn't it always about that? Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> it's about managing my mind. I've had a, a big sort of growth in my business, and it's been wonderful. And yeah, my brain wants to freak out. Yeah. And it is actively doing that. And it's really one of those, you know, change kinds of things. Things it, you, you, It's easy to keep doing what you've always done because you already know how to do it. Here yeah. I'm creating something new that I haven't created before. I'm making mistakes. I'm realizing that I'm doing things that I don't probably like the result of. And mm-hmm. so now I'm needing to figure out how to get myself onto the path that I want. And the solution to that is changing my thinking, as is the solution to anything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's so fun because I'm going to start working with a group of coaches that have gone through the life coach school that are making a hundred thousand dollars or more. We're going to start masterminding together. And I really want to share my experience with 
because when I teach my students that are brand new going to 100,000, what I teach is so different than what I teach when I'm teaching someone to go from 100,000 to a million because you can't, and I'm always telling my students this, so you can't hustle your, you have to hustle your way to 100K, but you can't hustle your way to a million. And so your brain freaks out. Listen, <laughs> there is no point where your brain stops freaking out. So that is the bad news. It will just always <laughs> freak out. Even with tremendous success, it freaks out. I'm in a space right now that I couldn't have even imagined and my brain is freaking out, right? So that's just really important to remember that, that that's something that you don't get to ever get rid of. That's right. the good news and the bad news, I think. But also that you have to get to a point where you do genuinely work smarter and you plan more carefully. All the tools that, I was just telling this to Katrina, I'm like, all the tools that I've taught you are even more important now. <laughs> and your brain is very clever and it's very sophisticated, right? It'll tell you, oh no, this is different. Right. This is, this different is the experience. one exception. This is why for three years, when I, after I first learned the model, I thought that all my problems were the one exception <laughs> until I went to coach training. It was like, oh, actually, it's not true. Everything applies, right? right. Yeah. Right. So, I, I mean, I love your story of success. I think it's so fantastic. And I love even more that when we went to get on to record this call, you're like, ah! <laughs> I'm like, perfect. <laughs> this is so great because, and then I go to my coach and what's so great about my coach is he doesn't know the model or any of this stuff, but he just thinks in math. So when I freak out to him, he's like, well, it sounds like you should add another something, something, something to make that 83,000 or whatever. He's just like, so, so I'm like, oh, every business problem is just a math problem. Yeah. Everything yeah. else is just thought drama. It totally is. It's so, so good just to remember that. that. You know, one other thing I just want to point out yeah. to the people who have kids who think, you know, even young kids who think that they can't get their business going because of their kids. Yeah. You know, I have three kids. I work when they're in school yep. and it's totally possible to do all of this while you're still momming, running carpool, doing the after school activities, all of it. So good. So yeah. So good. You're about to leave right now to go. I literally have to go right now and go get my kids. Yeah. So good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Katrina. I really You're appreciate so welcome. it. You're welcome. Thanks and, for having um, me on, Brooke. Do that thought work, my friend. Oh, I will. <laughs> it's happening. All right. Talk to you soon. All bye. Right, bye. Okay. Next, we have a Stacy Smith. Stacy's story is so good. I'm not going to tell you here because we talk about it in our conversation, but she is such a gem. I love, love, love her story and how she just bet on herself and it's paying off so well. She's adorable and amazing. Stacy graduated in 2015 from the Life Coach School, feeling ready to coach and having no idea where her first clients were coming from, having a small network and knowing nothing about business. Through her eventual mastery in building relationships, her past background of sales and marketing, and her commitment to getting coached, Stacy hustled for 12 months and hit six figures as a coach in her first year and went on to create her signature program, Diva Business School. She believes your net worth is created by your self-worth, changed everything for her and her business. She also recently did her first six-figure program launch of her newest life coach mastermind, the Six Figure Society, and was featured on an eight-page spread in the global luxury magazine, Millie on Air, for her recent mega retreat, A Midnight in Paris in Michigan. She's currently in production of her very own podcast, the Diva Business School podcast, and is launching her fourth class of Diva Business School. Please enjoy this conversation I have with Stacy Smith. Hello, Stacy. Hello. 
So this is so funny, you guys. Right before I hit record, I just told Stacey, hey, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions and you have no idea what they're going to be. Are you ready? <laughs> she, said, she said, as long as you'll edit it. I said, no, no editing. So... <laughs> I just want, I don't think I said that in the other interviews, like these are complete, like there has been no prep, no warning. You have no idea what's coming. You're all in. I love it. Okay. I love it. So Stacy, I love your story and I want to tell your story and I mean your story with me, <laughs> not your story <laughs> in your life, <laughs> your story as it pertains to your relationship with me. I just think is it's like one of my most favorite stories. So Tell everybody how you found me and how that worked out, and I will interject. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. You want me to just start from when I found you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't find you. Nicole okay. Castile found you. Okay. She's my bestie. And then yes. she messaged me like besties do and said, Oh my God, I'm driving from Florida and I found this podcast called The Life Coach School. And I'm on episode 11, and you have to listen to it right now. So I did. Perfect. And then, well, and then we listened to it together for quite some time. We were drive all over the country for our job, and we okay. Wait, you have to tell what your job was. (laughs) Okay, I was a pitch artist, so I would do live infomercials in department stores all over the country, and we would caravan together. We worked together, and so we would be in different cars, following each other across the United States, listening to your podcast. Oh my god, I can't believe you just called yourself a pitch artist. That yeah. is so fantastic. So you would go into <laughs> department stores. Yes. And you would sell things live. Yes. To people walking through the department store. I would actually gather a crowd. Yes. And I would have 20 minutes to sell the entire crowd all at once on the product. Okay. Give me an example of something that you sold. My favorite thing to sell was like a kitchen mandolin, like a slicer. Love it. I had one of those like chefs use. Yes. It was my favorite. I love it. So you were like a live infomercial. Yes. So you were like hustling and bustling all over the country, driving around, listening to the podcast. Okay. Then what happened? Yes. Building my business from whatever store I was in. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So then we decided you made a podcast about the life coach school training. Yep. And she called, I literally remember that like we were driving to Missouri and she called me and she's like, we've got to go. We have to go. Like, we do have to go. Oh my God. <laughs> so we applied together yep. and you guys accepted us both. <laughs> I still remember when you guys signed up, I was still doing calls with everyone that joined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember I was at my mom's house. Isn't this funny? Like the things you remember. I remember being in my mom's house, talking to you guys about your job and you were so excited. <laughs> That's what made it like, because you really couldn't afford it. Let's talk about that. No, I could not. Like no, you're I like, can we really make 17 money, but... payments? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I did make 17 payments, <laughs> maybe more. <laughs> Which is so fascinating, right? Considering yeah. where you are now. But at the time you were, yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of people that are applying or that have applied are in that same position where they think I can't afford to do this. Mm-hmm. So what made so you do it? Even though you... to do it. What's that? I said, they can't afford not to do it. Right? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Don't encourage them. We seriously, we've already sold out 2018. It's crazy right now. There we go. <laughs> wow. But we're going to have our building in 2019. Woo! I'm so excited right. about that. So talk about that. You didn't have enough money, but you were sure you wanted to go. The two of you were like totally committed. Mm-hmm. And then what? Well, I have a very like 
take action first and figure it out later mentality, which I love that about you. Yeah. Well, that's an entrepreneur. But yeah, we, I mean, we were on a hundred percent commission and the thing, the thing that's amazing. And that's the same thing about entrepreneurship is that in any given moment, you have the opportunity for something amazing to happen. So yes. we used to think, Oh, we're just going to do like some really good stores. Yes. We're gonna make the money happen. Like that was yeah. like the plan. And that worked for a little bit. I think for about half of my payments that worked. Okay. <laughs> half of your 17 payments. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but then I came right back from the life coach school and my company lost our biggest contract that mm. we had. And it was like where I was making all of my money mm. and I couldn't even work in my state. I had to drive six hours to another state to work wow. every other week. So my income dropped and then. And you're trying <laughs> to build your business. Issues with the <laughs> oh, you had issues with the payments? I didn't know that. So you're trying to make payments, your business, you're trying to work your current job and build up your business as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like you had every reason in the world to quit and go work for corporate. Why didn't you? Oh God, that's a really good question. This is also a good thing to do as an entrepreneur. Sometimes you just have, you're so far in that like, there's just no other way. Like you can't turn around. It's just like, you're just going all in, like you're too far down the path. I love that. But a lot of people don't think that way though. Yes, that was for sure. But also I was really unhappy in my job, like super unhappy. I was crying every day in my car for yeah. years and it wasn't an awful job. I was very good at it. It was the best in the company. It was just not fulfilling. So I just okay. knew. I knew. So you started building your business. How in the world did you build it to six figures? Because you know that's impossible if you're a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> that is really what it feels like. You know, I did it old school. I went to a million networking events. I drove anywhere and everywhere, up to six hours sometimes for networking events, two hours, three hours. I just got in front of as many people as possible. And I mean, anything anyone invited me to, I just networked my ass off. I love that. So I think that's one of the skill sets that you had that has really helped you. So let's talk about that. I think the fact that you're a pitch artist, <laughs> I want to be a pitch artist. That's so fantastic. So what did you learn from that job and from being so good at it that you have brought into this industry that may help other coaches that are trying to, because everybody, you know, quits along their way for their own reason. And you didn't quit, mm -mm. right? And you kept going out there, even though it must, a lot of people must have told you no. Yes, they did. Tell me. Actually, I think my, my sales rate is probably lower than most people's. Like my rejection rate is probably lower, but getting in front of the people was the challenge for me. That was okay. my biggest challenge. So why um, is your sales rate lower than most people? Because that's what I did for seven years. I was good at it. I understand human behavior. So tell us, tell us some secrets. Tell us some tips. Okay. Well, I always say if people don't buy, then there, there's like a triangle. I'll try to explain this the best way possible. There is a triangle in sales. Okay. And the triangle has to be like, if you imagine three different sides, it has to be connected and all of the points have to be hit in order for someone to buy. Okay. So you have to be connected to what you're offering to people. You as the seller, as the coach. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like, so you have to believe in life coaching. Yes. And I had had massive transformation in life coaching, like massive. Yes. So I believed in it. And then you have to be connected to the person in front of you. 
Like there are times I get on the phone as a coach and I don't feel that connection and I don't offer coaching to that person. Mm. I just don't feel it for whatever reason. Interesting. Okay. And then, so you have to be connected to them. You have to be connected to what they're offering. And then they also have to be connected to both you and what you're offering. Love it. Okay, good. So there, there are things that can go wrong in that triangle. And when yes. you know that there are, like when I get off the phone with a client, I know whether it was a missed connection. Because if you don't feel the connection, they don't either. Mm. And sometimes you try to force that and you can't force that. And then there are times where, you know, for me, when I'm on the phone with a client and I believe in life coaching more than anything, then they come with a problem. I know that I can solve it for them. Yes. I'm not afraid to go through all of their objections about why they can't do it. Yep. Like I know if they really want it, I can help them get it because yep. I know I have the tools to do that. Yeah. And you know, what's so interesting is I teach us obviously all the time and people that are brand new coaches that don't have sales experience. A lot of my coaches don't have any sales experience, so they don't understand that they get so caught up in themselves, right? They get so caught up in their head and what they're offering and what their program is that they forget. Can I help this person? And do I want to offer them my help? And that, like, it's exactly what you just said. You're like, if I'm talking to someone and I know I can help them, like, mm -hmm. we just become like a dog with a bone, right? We're like, no, yes. listen, seriously, I can help you. <laughs> yes. It is worth so much more than any amount of money you're ever going to give me. And when you genuinely know that that's true, mm -hmm. then it's such an, it ends up being an easy sale. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. So do you think that that's one of the main reasons why you were so successful? Or have been? What, what are the other things? Tell us. What else do we need to know if we're trying to make 100K as a coach? <laughs> we're trying to make 100K as a coach. Oh, gosh. <sighs> so you can't give up. We know that. Like you said, you I'm just all, I'm too deep in there, right? Yeah. You have to be committed in your sales and understand sales. What yes. else has made you successful? I think my willingness to think outside the box. I would mm. think that's the biggest thing because I got really caught up in how you know, you need to build your business as a life coach. Like I got very stuck in the sales, you know, just the email list and the website and all that yes. stuff. Like I got stuck there. Like it was like my ending point. Like, uh, yeah. I, I couldn't afford someone to build my website and I didn't know I couldn't, I tried hours and hours and hours. I could not figure out how to build it myself. And I was, I was literally stuck there. And so I think that, yes, I could have kept managing my mind through that and gotten through it with mind. But I think that if there's an objection in front of you, you can either overcome that objection and it just not be one, or you can go around it. So yeah. I just assumed the truth of I'm not going to be able to build my business yeah. through having a website and a blog and an email list like that. That's not working for me right now. So what are my alternatives? And I got really, really creative. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's um, one of my other students, Chris Plackey. That was the same thing she did. She couldn't figure out the online stuff, couldn't figure out the details of that. And so she just decided to go the networking route. But you guys always come back to us online, people, because then you want to scale. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> You've got to do that. And so, you yeah. know, the other thing, though, is that some people master the online stuff, but they can't. Like, I have people that come to me now because they aren't. They see me being so charismatic on, I do a lot yes. of Facebook lives. I'm, I'm on yes. social media a lot and they can't break out of that thing that I'm so effortless at because I did yes. it for seven years. I was performing in front of crowds all day long, every day. So something that's 
effortless for me is not necessarily effortless for everybody else. So that obstacle, that thing is different for everybody. I love it. I love it. It's so good. So let's talk about you want to go on, right? You are beyond 100K, right? This yes. podcast is 100K. And most everyone I've interviewed has already gone there and beyond. What is the most challenging? Well, tell me this. What was the difference once you've made $100,000 in a business? Did you notice a difference in making more after that? Was anything yes. different? Okay, tell me. Yeah, I think for me, 100000 feels like, I don't, that's the point where it's real. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it feels like. It's like, this is a business. Yes. That's it's no it. longer a jobby. <laughs> yes. It's no longer like, I think I'm going to make this work. It's like, this is serious. Working. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. then what happened in your head? Anything? Was it to making 200? Was that easy after that or what? Tell me the difference. Uh, yes. I think it happened. I mean, it happened really quick because from, so in 2016, from January until July, I was only generating about $20,000 in my business. Yeah. So it's about like 2000 something dollars a month. Yep. And then between July and August, I signed a ton of clients and I generated $120,000 in my what? business. Look at yeah. you. Love it. It was when Facebook Live started. That was like my thing. <laughs> like <laughs> magic. Yeah. It. Yeah. I didn't have to like drive anywhere to network with people. And then from there, it just grew because by the time I got to mastermind in May of the following mm -hmm. year, I was at 200,000. Right. And then between then and now, it's September, I'm at three. Yeah. Which is so great. So I feel like that first 100K, there's so many unknowns and your brain is like losing it. It's like, this is horrible. You should not do this. This is, this is never going to work, right? But then once you've got 100K under your belt, I kind of feel like you can tell your brain to simmer down. Like, it's almost like you have some authority over it. You're like, like you just said, this is legit. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I feel that way. <laughs> and then sometimes I'm like, like literally last night I was like, it's all going to hell. Like, it's I'm, all, yeah. Let's just become hostesses. Like all my clients are quitting. It's going so far backwards. I'm not going to survive. Yep. Like just a five hour cloud of it's all just doom and gloom. <laughs> But see, I was just talking to Katrina about this, who's also going to be on this podcast. And one of the things that we were just talking about is like, she got on the phone with me. She's killing it in her business, right? She got off the phone. She got, oh my God, I got this and I got this and I'm freaking out. And, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, but you know, we have this idea that as soon as we get to this certain point in our business, then everything will just be chill, right? Then then we'll just yeah. be enjoying the good life. And that is not what happens. No. That is not what happens. Yeah. You still have to manage everything that's going on in your brain. And then you have to deal with this new kind of level of success and enjoying it and being present with it without, you know, I think for sure I want to spend time in gratitude for it and appreciating it, but also not slowing down in a good way, like being fueled by really high energy positivity to take it to the next level. Because for me, yeah. I'm all about wanting to be an example of what's possible. So I want to just blow the lid off of what people think is possible for a life coach. What is it at this point that's driving you? The same thing. I cannot tell you, like you've been such an example to me how many times I say I want to be an example of what's possible. And that nice. is why I feel like if I push myself and my girls, you know, the girls that are in my programs, right. mastermind, when they, if they see me doing it, it gives them hope. Like when I did my, I just did a six figure program launch and one of my clients was like, I'm doing one now. 
That's my yes. goal. So I'm yes. paving the way for them to see what's possible in the world. So I, I push myself a lot in that way. Yes. Yeah. And so a lot of times I think, and I talked to my coach Frank about this too, at some point it's not about the money in, in the sense of spending the money. Right. Yeah. I think you know, there's a certain point of where you, we want to get to financially so we can afford to pay the bills and, you know, go out to nice dinners and buy a nice car, whatever, whatever your thing is that you want to spend money on. There comes a point. But then after that, it really is that money is the least driving factor. The amount of money is for me what it represents in terms of accomplishment and and blowing up that glass ceiling and and really just showing what is possible in the world. And so I think a lot of times when we talk about business in terms of making 100K, 200K, a million, people can misunderstand and think that, oh gosh, all they care about is money. But has, it, that's just the measuring stick, right? In terms of- Yeah. Of I got a bus- lot of pushback as my business grew for, like I called my mastermind the six-figure society and people were like, oh, like I got a lot of pushback when raising my prices. Mm. Like I had a lot, I had to do a lot of work to make sure, you know, like, why is this coming up for me? Why are so many people questioning my money beliefs? But welcome to Mastermind. I loved when you said like, it is just a marker for success. It's just, that's how you know you're killing it. Yes. And I think too, this whole idea that if you want to make money, if you have money goals that somehow you're greedy and that you're going to hurt people. (laughs) I mean, really, I think there's this like general, like if you're rich, you're hurting the planet. If you're rich, you're hurting. And I think that is one of the reasons why so many of my clients and my students don't make the money that they want to make because of these belief systems that are somehow, if you're making money, other people are making less, this zero sum game, Mm -hmm. which is the complete opposite, right? So if you think about your business, when you were selling in department stores, you weren't creating the value that you're now creating, right? So when you decided to start your business, you, you created value that was not there before. And people are paying you for that value. So in my perception, the world is more valuable because you are an entrepreneur. And the more you create a value and the more you charge for that value, the more value there will be total in the world. And when you look at life that way, it's just tremendous abundance compounded by the more entrepreneurs that become successful instead of, oh my gosh, there's going to become so many entrepreneurs that they're just going to go around and take money from people. They're missing the point where no, entrepreneurs don't go around taking money from people. Entrepreneurs create value. Every single business, right? Was started with an entrepreneur. So I think for me, I like to talk about money and I like to talk about six figures and seven (laughs) figures. I like to talk about it like that in a way that I like to tell people I love money because I think it freaks them out and jars their belief system about it, that somehow it's wrong to want to make a lot of money. And so when you're an entrepreneur, the greatest way of looking at it, I think, is in order for you to make a lot of money, you have to create a lot of value. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. want to see how much value I can create for the world. I really yes. genuinely do. And so that, I mean, it sounds like you kind of have that same mission. Like how much value can I create and leave as a legacy too, right? I mean, I will tell you value is the thing that blew my business up. Like yeah. 100%. My first program that I offered was a six-week program. I had 20, I got, I networked 20 girls into my program and it was just 
six like calls that they got with me as the group. Yeah. And I created a, a page for them to where they could interact. But then I went in and for every, so every week had like a topic, a theme. And then within that week, I would go and film a 30 minute video every single day. Wow. For six weeks to supplement like more content for that week's topic so that they could dive even deeper. And that fueled a lot of my future success moving forward. I just gave them so much value. They couldn't yep. not coach with me. <laughs> right. And that's the thing that I think is so interesting about like when I talk to people about like, it's so funny. So I have fresh flowers delivered to the house every day and I'm not every day. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> not every day, not every, day, every week. <laughs> Every week. So the guy that delivers our flowers asked my assistant, so I'm just curious, what does Mr. Castillo do? Right? And she's like, I couldn't help myself. She's like, he works for his wife. (laughs) Which of course he doesn't. He's my business partner. But she was just like making her point to him. And I, I just think it's so interesting. I get a lot of like, well, what do you mean? you're a life coach. What do you mean you support your family being a life coach? And kind of all of these, I don't know, seems like derogatory comments to me that I am just so delighted by, right? I'm just so (laughs) like, I love when people underestimate the potential of what I can create and what we as women and what we as life coaches can create and do. And so I'm all about it. Like I, I want... if I can make a hundred million dollars, I'm going to make a hundred million dollars. And I'm going to be like, hell yeah. I'm not going to apologize to no. anyone and feel like, oh my gosh, I took something away from, and, and that is what I want to teach to yes. everyone that's like keeping themselves in a place of scarcity. Okay. I want you to give one piece of advice to any new coach that's listening to this that maybe they struggled to pay for their certification, whether it was through the life coach school or wherever else. And they're wondering, can I really be successful at this? Can I really make this happen? What would you tell them? Well, first of all, yes, a hundred percent. They can do it. Yeah. Just a self-belief, but uh, I think I would tell them that I really am a firm believer in you have to do like that saying, you have to do something you've never done. If you want something you've never had. Yes. Well, I had a client tell me once that you have to invest more than you believe you can because then you're challenging what you believe is possible for you to make. Oh, interesting. So you mean invest in your business? Yes. Yeah. Like invest as if your life really did depend on it. Like Mm. if you're really all in, that's the thing. You got to be honest with yourself. Are you all in? And if you are like, what would you do if you could have literally everything in your, you ever wanted everything you ever wanted? I can tell people if I could just give you a genie bottle, just give it to you like a a, a lamp that has a genie. I could give that to you and it would have everything you ever wanted, everything. And all you had to do is come up with 10 grand to give it to me, would you come up with the 10 grand? And every time they say yes. Of course. Yeah. So then you have to start thinking like everything is on the other side of every single action you take. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting. Frank and I, my coach, were talking about this. Like, I think people are very willing to invest in education. Like, I think 
because it's passive, right? So you're willing to, I think a lot of people are willing to invest the 10 grand with maybe going to college or going to a certification program or going, you know, or an online course, whatever. But I think I love what you said about investing in your business, because I think a lot of people are afraid, like when I watch them invest in Facebook ads or invest in building a website or something like that, that feels so much more committal to what you are doing personally. If I'm paying for a college to teach me something, I feel like I'm paying the college. But when you invest in yourself, Mm -hmm. that's when you really put money on black for yourself, right? And that is the secret. I think that's fantastic advice. I mean, we were just talking about this with we were talking about investing money. We were talking about putting money, like, where do you want to invest your money? Do you want to mm-hmm. put it in stocks? Do you want to put it in mutual funds? And I was telling the guy, the financial guys, I'm like, I want to put it on me. me. Yeah. I want to put on my business. I go, I'd much rather invest in my business than Coke's business. I think I'm going to do a better job. Like, yeah. honestly, I think. Yeah. And when you start thinking like that, like if I have 10 grand to invest, where do I want to invest it? Bam. I know exactly. I want to invest it in creating more value for my customers. So yes, I asked my girls, good advice. I asked my girls the other day, what would they rather have the money and not know where to invest it or know where to invest it and not have the money? Oh, good. What would be your answer, Brooke? Interesting. I don't know. Let me think about, okay, would I rather have the money and not know where to invest? I would rather, well, I don't think my answer is fair, but I think I think I'd rather not have the money yeah, and know too. where to invest it because I yes. can get the money. Yes. Is that what your answer too? Yes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, but I really like money. <laughs> but it's like the question of whether you would want to make a million dollars or win it. Oh yeah. No, got to make I mean, it. I, I would rather know. I, I invest, I commit to investments all the time, not knowing where the money is going to come from. Right. Like not having it right that second. Mm-hmm. But I know that's the investment one I make. And then I just go to work to make it happen. Yes. Just tell me the amount of money I need to create and I'll go create it. Yes. But I'd rather know where I want to put it. Yeah. And I think for what that really represents and what you're saying is like you believe in yourself. Like I had a student recently say to me in coach training, she was just saying, you know, I really value my security. And I said, yeah, I value my security too. Where does yours come from? And she said, my job where they pay me $50,000 a year. And I said, what are you talking about? (laughs) Your security is a feeling that you create for yourself. And where my security comes from is knowing that I can go anywhere Mm -hmm. and lose all my money, go anywhere and make a living because I am, first of all, I'm willing to work hard and willing to work smart. And I have the ability and the brain to do that. That's where security comes from, right? Security, if you get your security from something outside of you, Think about which is more reliable. So I'm sitting with my client who just said to me, I get my security from my employer who pays me $50,000 a year. And I say, I get my security from my life, from my ability, from my brain, from what I'm willing and capable to do. Who's more secure, right? Yeah. She, all she has, that boss could fire her at any second. He could go out of business at any second. Yeah, you have no control. Like when we lost that contract with our company, there was no control. That was not me getting fired. That was the largest retail chain in the world saying, right, no more. So crazy. And so, I mean, that's what I taught her. I said, I want you to get security from your ability 
to create whatever it is you want to do in your life. And that's what we teach, right? That's all our thought work and everything. But I just love when my students go out there and like have no reason. Like this is what I love about you. Like you had no business making $100,000, right? You were like struggling. You had no cash. You didn't have money to invest. You couldn't figure out your website. You were like, hell no, I'm going to find a way to do this. And you went. I had money to invest. I just had to get creative. I sold furniture. Right. I cashed in an IRA. Like I just made it happen. I love it. I did everything. But don't you think that's a huge reason why your business is successful is you just put it all on black, right? You just went all in. Like, I don't think everybody has to necessarily do that financially or, you know, put their house up for sale or whatever. But I want people to consider that you are worth that though. Like if you want to have your own business and you have a huge dream for yourself, be willing to invest in that business. Be willing to invest in yourself because that's where your security should come from for sure. Yes. Yes. Love it. All right, mama. You're amazing. Next, we have my very own Jody Moore. <laughs> I like to call her mine because she works with me and for me, and she's been with me from the beginning, and I am obsessively in love with her, and she knows it. Jody Moore is the owner and lead coach at Bold New Mom, where she helps women with LDS values improve their relationships, their confidence, and their lives. She believes that if you want to impact the world, the most effective entry point is women. I totally agree. She's honored to work with adult women as well as young girls, helping them become the next version of themselves. Jody has a master's degree in adult education and training, and she is a certified coach through the Life Coach School, where she also works part-time helping new coaches achieve their business goals. Prior to becoming a full-time coach, Jody worked in a corporate setting as a leadership coach and corporate trainer. She currently resides in Washington State with her husband and four young children. I'm obsessed with Jodi. I'm in love with her. I love that she works for me. I love that her business is killing it. And this is such a great conversation. Please enjoy. I'm excited <laughs> to be on your podcast, by the way. Thanks for interviewing me. Oh, good. Welcome to my podcast. I would prefer if you didn't reveal your name or your website. <laughs> <laughs> this is not about exposure for you, Jodi Moore. At boldnewmom.com, right? <laughs> Okay, we're recording. We're recording. Okay, I've already introduced you, so let's just jump in to making money. You ready? Let's do it. So I'm interviewing five other people for the podcast. I've already interviewed three of them, and we've covered a lot of topics. But one of the topics that I was thinking about, because you're on your way, you're going to end up making a million dollars in a year, which is pretty rare for really anyone on the planet. So what I want to talk about is how do you reconcile making a lot of money? What are your thoughts about money and making a lot of money? Because there's a lot of money beliefs out there. And, you know, I hear a lot of them from my clients and I think those thoughts prevent them from making money. What do you think is the difference with you? I just like to steal your thoughts on money. (laughs) (laughs) So did you always have, what were your thoughts before you went through coach training and were exposed to my thoughts on money? Yeah. It's interesting because I don't know if you remember when I went through coach training, money is one of the things you coached me on. Yes. And I shared with you, my belief at that time was that I'm just not good with money. And Mm -hmm. my husband and I both shared that belief that we're just not very good with money. And, um, I told myself that story for a long time and also shopping is my buffer. (laughs) 
spending mm-hmm. money is my buffer. And so at that point in my life, I was pretty good at just not opening bills because I didn't want to see what mm. was due and, and not ever looking at the bank account because that would be painful. Right. So, it's like not getting on the scale, right? It's like, right. if I don't get on there, I'm not fat. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily. If I don't look at my checking account. I'm not broke, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so one of the things that you pointed out to me was that I, I am good with money. Um, money is just simple math. Addition and subtraction. Yep. <laughs> really, that's all it is. You're just better at subtracting. <laughs> exactly. I'm very good at the subtraction part. But, you know, I was like, I don't understand a mortgage and all of this. It's so confusing. And you said to me, well, you could just get on Google and probably figure that out in about 30 minutes, right? So anyway, once I kind of tried on that mindset, and then the other thing that really helped me is that I learned to remove the shame I had around money. Mm. So I used to feel really bad that I had overdrawn my account or something Mm. or that I was spending money. And when I realized like, it doesn't need to be shameful. It is, it's just math again. Like I owe this much money to this place, the end. And the whole story I was telling myself about, I'm so irresponsible and I should know this by now. And I'm not a real adult. I just decided to let go of all of that and even own with pride. Like, yeah, I bought this stuff (laughs) and I like this stuff that I bought. And then one other thing that shifted it for me too was somebody I knew who was really good at business who described that the most successful business people often have to go through a time when they fly the plane as low to the ground as they can without crashing Mm. in order to really take off. And I started that trying on, again, this remove the shame for me that like maybe it's strategic at times to even go into debt. Right. Right. And that it doesn't need to be shameful. It's just math. And that if I, if I want to be strategic about money, I totally could. So anyway, today I am very confident about money and I, and I love money. I also love having money in the bank. Yeah. And I like the stuff, which was a big change for me. That's so important, I think. And I teach that a lot, but I think it's easy for me to say and teach that to, and it's harder for people to learn when they feel like they don't have as much money. But the more money I make, we were in Target the other day. I was with my younger son, Connor, and I was like, it's such an amazing feeling to know that I can buy anything I want in the store. Like there's nothing in the store I can't legally afford. (laughs) It's Target, right? We're not not in Tiffany's, right? We're in Target. I could buy anything. And we walked out of that store and we didn't buy anything, right? And it was just such a, it's just that abundant, fascinating feeling. It's like the more confident, the more money I have, the more confident I feel about money, the less I need to spend it all of the time. Right. And I, so I think it, it, it's because I have this abundance mentality is why I have so much money and the, the less need that I have to spend it to like buffer with myself. So I think that's huge. So you've talked a little bit about spending. What are your thoughts about earning money? And what are your thoughts about, I mean, you're earning multiple six figures now. Let's talk about what your mindset is around that, how you feel about that thoughts. I feel really proud of that because it was, wasn't easy to get to that point, but I do feel like the value that I'm putting out into the world, I try to exceed even like what my clients are paying me. So I try to charge a price that I think is 
is the right price. And there's a lot of things that go into that determining that, but then I try to over deliver on that. And so Mm -hmm. I definitely feel, you know, that the value is there and that I'm earning the money that I bring in. I do also agree with what you teach around money does not equal hours or amount of hustle. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. It's a value add. Right. Um, so Right. And that's so apparent. So I didn't say this in the intro, but you know, you've been with me at the life coach school from pretty much the beginning of selling coach training in person the way that we've done it. And we've kind of built, I feel like that certification program and the sales process for that together. And I feel like when it was much less expensive and there were fewer people, we worked like five times as hard to sell that program. And now that it's, you know, we've kind of put in that time and that understanding. Now we work much less to create an even better program that's a lot more expensive. So I think people have this idea, and I'd love for you to speak to this, that, and because and I'll say to people all the time, they'll say, oh, it's so nice that you make good money. I just don't have any desire to do that. I don't want to work that hard is what people mm-hmm. will say to me. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel inside like, you work so much harder than me. <laughs> yes. Right? But people associate making a lot of money with working hard. So what, right. what do you think about that? Well, I love how with you, you're not afraid to raise your prices, but we always then have the conversation of like, let's make sure the added value is there. Right. Even if the added value is just that you've done it enough times that you're way better at it than you were the first time. Yeah. And so I think that you have to recognize that, that if you are passionate about what you're doing and you're really investing in learning and getting better and improving yourself, then that alone increases the value. And why not add as much value as you can into the world, I think. Right. That right. to me is like exciting and makes me feel fulfilled and, and look forward to what I'm doing. I want to add as much value as possible. There's going to be a return for that. Yes. And so what are your thoughts about people who think that people in your tax bracket, people making this much money, that it's unnecessary, that you're greedy, that... You're just money hungry. That's all you care about is the money, like that sort of thing. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that can be the case sometimes, but most of the time I I don't think that's true, actually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't hear that very often except in the movies, right? (laughs) Um, I think that's where we get that idea. Right. Mostly. But no, I feel like generosity is important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I love that the amount of money that I make now has provided so much freedom and options to my family. You know, my husband is working in my business now. We get to create this life that we want. We are able to do so much more for, yes, our family, but also for whatever else we want to do in the world. And I don't mean that we give a lot of money away to people. I just mean I've created something where I can hire people on to work for me and I can be generous and giving because my own needs are met. And so I don't have to worry about that. So I personally, I think having more money makes you more able to serve in whatever way you choose to in the world. In most cases, I don't think it becomes greedy, selfish, whatever. I think that's of course can happen, but I don't honestly see that very often. Yeah, I don't either. And one of the things that I learned from my coach, Frank Kern, is he just 
has no apology at all for how much money he makes. It's yeah. a ridiculous amount of money. And he just, he doesn't feel like he has to justify it or compensate or anything. He's just like, yeah, I kick ass. I make a lot of money. And just watching him just own that in such an amazing way and know that it adds more value to the world instead of taking away from the world. Mm -hmm. I talked about this when I was talking to Stacy. is this idea that in order to make let's say for him, in order to make $6 million, he had to have created $6 million worth of value in the world that it wouldn't have been created had he not become an entrepreneur. Mm. Like that is amazing. And he feels so, like you were saying, like you feel so proud of that. Mm. It's, such, it's such an amazing feeling. So what would you say to someone who doesn't think, so even just yesterday, we were coaching a group of our coaches and one of them said, I think you're both unicorns, right? I don't think this is possible for me. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts and what would you say to, I mean, I know she's not the only one. There's lots of people listening to this podcast that believe right. like, oh, you guys can do that because you have right. wings or whatever. But what is the truth you think about that? Well, I do think that you have to change your, like your internal thermostat, if you will, about mm -hmm. money. So I think this comes from that book, The Big Leap, but yeah. the idea that we all have this picture of how much money we make or that we need to live off of. It's like your thermostat, if it's set at 70 degrees, right? And if we drop below, if we lose a job or something, then we're going to probably hustle and get really working until we get back to that range. But also if we make a lot, if we get a big lump of money that comes in or something, then we either like ease off the gas now, or we maybe spend that money quickly until we come back down to 70 degrees. Mm. So I do think it's not that we're unicorns, anyone can do it. But right. I think you have to pay attention to where is my mindset in terms of how much money I make and what are my beliefs about that? Does that make me greedy or bad? And how do I picture myself and my life when it comes to money? And I, I have done a lot of work and I continue to do work in that area of, oh, I'm a person who makes this amount of money and I want to keep raising that thermostat. Yeah. Love it. So one of the things that you do for the Life Coach School is you handle all the sales for the certification. You have a background in sales and obviously you do sales in your own business. What do you think the money mindset, how do you think it correlates to your ability to sell? I think that I... I'm pretty clear that everybody has their own mindset. One of the things I think other salespeople do is they try to talk you out of your belief. So mm. if I, it doesn't matter if I'm selling like a $49 course or a $25,000 course, there will still always be someone that will say, oh, that's a lot of money. I don't have that money. Right. And so I just allow people to keep that belief. I don't try to talk them out of it. I'll say, yeah, it is a lot of money. That's mm -hmm. always my response when somebody says that's a lot of money or, or, I, don't, or that's, I don't have that kind of money. I'll say it is a lot of money because to them it is. In their mind, it right. is. But then I do try to connect the dots on the value. What would be the value for you? Is it valuable? Or is there another option? Is there another way you can get what you're trying to get in your life, whether it's to feel better or whatever they're trying to get, that won't cost you so much money? Because there's probably not something as valuable out there. If there is, I want them to go there, to be honest. Right, of course. Yeah. And usually there's not. This is the solution. And, and I want them to weigh out in their mind, is, is the value there? So I think just knowing that everybody's in their own place when it comes to money, and I, I'm not going to try to change that. I'm just going to help them see the, the value difference. 
Yeah. And I think one of the things that's different about our company that makes selling more fun that we try to teach all of our students as well is like we never, ever try to convince anyone right. to give us their money that no. they don't want to give us, right? And I think a lot of people associate, see, being an entrepreneur for me is the, is the ticket to freedom because you just get paid for your value. The more value you create, the more you get paid. Whereas in corporations, as an employee, that isn't always the case. Like you could provide a tremendous amount of value and not make any more additional money. Right? right. So I think for when we're training entrepreneurs, it's so important for them to understand and have an abundant mindset. So they're not in that needy, creepy, give me your money, please. I need it right. to pay my bills kind of way. Right. Because we're selling from this place where we don't want or need anyone's money that isn't excited to pay for it. And that's what I've been teaching a lot lately is like, I only want people paying me that are like super excited to pay me. Right. Well, and what I do, if I'm trying to fill a class or a group or something is I just get out a spreadsheet and I put number, however many people I want in that class. Yep. And then I just know that those people are going to come and they're going to bring me my money. Yeah. And when I have, you know, the hard thing about sales is the up and down, the roller coaster of yeah. yes and the disappointment and then the success and it's, it burns people out, if you will. Yeah. And right. What I try to do is stay right in the middle. If somebody signs up, I'm not super excited. I'm just like, yeah, that person is awesome for them and they're bringing yeah. me this piece of my money. And if somebody doesn't, I'm like, Oh, I thought they were going to be number three on my spreadsheet, but I guess not. I wonder who it's going to be. Like, I'm just mm. constantly curious and trying to be open about what is the way that my money is going to come to me. But I know this money is because I know I'm creating that much value. Yeah. That belief alone takes away, like you said, that desperate needy, I really need this client. I'm like, I thought that person was going to be my client. I guess they're not. I wonder who it's going to be. I love it. And here's the thing that I've been, I've been teaching and thinking about light, lately, especially within scholars, is this idea that you want people in your world that love paying you and would be sad if they couldn't. And so I was talking about like your electric bill. Like if you're, you know, I don't know who do, does your electric bill, but if they came to you and said, yeah, we're no longer going to provide you with electricity. Like, no, no, I want to pay you. And they're like, no, we're feeling kind of bad about the money you've been spending we feel like it's a little much. You probably can't afford it. We're no, right. we're not going to provide you with electricity. You're like, no, really? <laughs> I will pay you double. I want electricity. I'm happy to pay you for that. And I will, I would be very upset if I couldn't. And so many of my students feel that way. They're so happy to pay me. They'd be upset if they couldn't. And when you create a relationship with your customers, that's like that, where you are their electricity, right? Then. Mm -hmm. Yes. I heard you give that analogy recently. And I was thinking also, it's such a great example of how, like when I was living in California, our electric bill got pretty high. Yeah. We moved from one city, one city to another and it like doubled. And mm. so it's not that we, we didn't notice that we were like, wow, that's a lot more money. Here, here you go. <laughs> we're going to pay it, right? So the value is still there. Like, yes, I would prefer yes. to pay the lower amount, but I'm still going to pay it because yes. And that's what you're looking for is people that need what you have. When right. you need it, you know, and I remember a time even going through some therapy because of some things I was going through and thinking like, I can't afford this, but I'm just going to have to figure out a way because yes. I have to take care of this. I have yes. to figure this out. So even though it's a lot of money, I need to figure out the way. So you're looking for those people that need what you offer 
and so much that they're going to figure out a way. You don't have to figure out the money for them. You just need to illustrate the value and help them believe in themselves and then they will figure out the money piece. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, that's so true. When you figure out your money stuff, then it's like you let your customers figure out their money stuff. It's almost like it's not your business. You're just like, hey, here's a Mercedes for $10 if you want it. That's, that's how I feel like I'm, I'm constantly selling. And I'm always surprised when people don't want it. I'm like, right? what? that's weird. Okay. How can you not like a Mercedes? It's so fantastic. Right. Yeah. But it's just a fun way to go through life. And I think the other piece of this that I think is different with entrepreneurship, because you've worked for corporate too. Uh-huh. What do you think is the big difference between making your own money, quote unquote, it, it's your money anyway, right? But right. starting from the ground up, like, does that feel different to you than corporate? And, and what is that about? Yeah. So much more fun now, although much harder <laughs> to get to this point. Yes. Right. Yeah. So that's the trade-off of course, is that corporate, somebody just, you sit down in the chair and the computer and everything's there and you do what they tell you and you should be able to make the money. Whereas starting from scratch is 10 times harder because your IT and graphic design and figuring it all out. Right. But once you get through that first year or so and you cross that first hurdle, I think even making your first 50K is a great hurdle. And then you realize like, wait a second, it's up to me. I get to choose. If I decide I want to, you know, my husband and I just put in a backyard in our new house And I could come up with that money through my business, but I'm like, wouldn't it be more fun if I didn't even touch any of that? And I was just like, why don't I go speak somewhere and see if I can sell 60 tickets and pay for my backyard? Yes. So much fun. But I do always think of it like an experiment too. That keeps the drama a little bit lower for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Experiment. Let's see if this works and not make it mean if it doesn't work, not make it mean all kinds of things about myself and my business. But I love to experiment and I have that freedom now Mm -hmm. to experiment. It's, It's fantastic. That's so good. Okay. So how I want to end here is I think you and I have a very unique perspective because we have so many areas that we work in, right? So you work in your own business. I work in my own business in terms of building it up. And then we work together and selling it. And then we also work with students that are starting from the very ground up. And we've watched literally hundreds of students that have come in to start businesses. And one of the things that we notice, and we tell them this, we warn them about this, is that in the beginning, everybody believes that it's possible. They've seen us do it. They come with that belief of, oh my gosh, I can be a life coach. I can make six figures. I can work from home. I can work three days a week. I know this is possible for me. And then they start doing the work of building the business. And we always say that first year is the hardest year. And if you make it through that year, then you're pretty golden. But so many people struggle so intensely in that first year. And, the, and what it looks like is, changing my mind 700 times and confusing myself about everything that I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And so what do you think is going on there and what would be your like succinct advice to anyone? And and this isn't just life coaches. This is anyone starting their first business the first year. Yeah. I think that we want to spend too much time on the how-to part of building your business. Mm. Like what should my ad say and how do I get this part working and all the how to, right? Which we do need to be thinking about, but I think that's where we think we should be spending most of our time. Mm -hmm. And I think most people spend little to no time 
on the what is happening in your brain, what you're believing about your business and what you're believing about yourself and your own abilities. And I think if it's probably, you know, for people at least that are trained through the life coach school, I know we tell them to coach yourself over and over again and we try to coach them and show them how to coach themselves. But I still think it's 80-20. They're spending yep. 80% of the time in how to do it and maybe 20% of the time in coaching. And that if we flip-flopped that to 20-80 or at least 50-50, yep. that they would see much more success. And sometimes it's hard to see your own brain. The self-coaching is not always easy, right. but I just sometimes remind myself when my brain wants to get caught up in how I like to remind myself, Oh, of course I don't know how, like the how is none of my business. Mm. Why don't I get out of that? Why don't I just focus more on my own belief? Because as soon as I believe like this is just as good as done, this is going to happen. I mean, whether it's solving a problem or filling a class or getting hitting a benchmark in my business, if I just focus on the belief and remind that part of my brain's like that says, but you don't know how I say, I tell it, of course, I don't know how it's none of my business. How mm. um, I just know it's as good as done. And then I get busy working. I think that is really the, where I see the success tipping point for people. Yeah, that's so good. Katrina and I talked about that too, about how people want to believe only after they have the formula to create it, right? It's like they, they oh, I'll believe that that math problem can be solved if you give me the answer first, right? right. It's like turning to the back, oh, there is an answer. It's the even number. So good, there's an answer. It's able yeah. to be solved, right? And when you understand like, I am going to get this result in my life no matter what. And there are 17 hows, 17 different hows to get there. And that way, when the first how doesn't work, I don't make it mean that the math problem can't be solved. So I think that's- Totally. And that is a change that happened for me when I started working for you in your business. Because like you said, I have a background in corporate. And in corporate, it doesn't work that way. They want projections. They want to know, Mm. what do you think you're going to hit this month? So they can plan ahead. And so you look backwards at what have you done so far, maybe what's in your pipeline, and then you make a projection, and then that's probably where you land. Mm. Whereas with you, I remember in the beginning when I was, you know, filling something of yours, and I said to you, I don't think I'm going to get there. I just want to give you a heads up. I think I'm going to come in short. And you were like, what are you talking about? Your only job right now is to believe that you will. And I remember thinking like, what? Because again, in corporate, they want accurate projections. That is your job is to tell exactly what you can expect. And your whole approach is so different. Right. No, you don't need to project. You need to just believe in the end goal. And it kind of gave me permission to just believe it, even though I had no idea how. And that's really when I saw everything shift for me. Yeah, that's so good. That's such good advice. And, And I think if we could, I mean, that's what we'd have to teach, right? I mean, that's what... We tell people and they hear us say, and we want, it's like, I feel like we get all these baby birds that are so believing in us and in themselves. And then you start to get dirty. You start to fall down. You're like, wait, why am I falling? Why am I falling? You know, I want to be able to be great at this from the beginning. And if you are willing to suck at it your first entire year, there's no limit to what you can make. Because we, we keep saying the first hundred grand is for sure the hardest. For sure. Holy cow. Wouldn't it be better if like the fifth, like 500 grand was the hardest? (laughs) 
because then you'd at least have all this stuff under your belt. You'd be like, okay, I can handle this. But I mean, it does prevent a lot of people from saturating our market, I guess. But it also, the the heartbreaking part, I think for both of us is that it prevents, we see so many fantastic coaches that don't put their work out into the world because they give up on themselves too soon. So we're not unicorns. We're just making it through that first year. Right. For sure. So amazing. We are amazing, but not unicorns. Everyone's amazing. So are you, right? It's like, yes. we are amazing, amazing, but so are you. And that's, exactly. that's like genuine. The people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, really, really, that is really the case. And that is really true. So, all right, mama, thank you so much. All if right. you guys want to find sure. out more about Jody, you can check her out at boldnewmom.com. She has a membership site over there. She will only work with you if you're Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. She will work with you. She's an amazing coach. You guys should check her out. All right, Mama. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brooke. Bye. And finally, I have for you Brenda Lamelli, and her story is awesome. And I'm not going to tell it to you here because we talk about it in the conversation, but let me give you an intro. Brenda Lamelli is a woman's weight loss expert for the last stubborn pounds. Most importantly, however, she is a woman who truly understands the frustration and exhaustion of the weight struggle. At her heaviest, she weighed up to 197 pounds and rode the diet roller coaster for over 18 years. But she always believed that there had to be a better way and was determined to find it. Through her own personal struggles, education, professional training, and now the work she does daily with her clients, she has discovered the formula to not only lose the weight, but to do it deprivation free and keep it off with ease. The inspiration to write her book came from her complete dedication to give women everything they need, the correct nutritional information, expert strategies, and practical tools to finally stop struggling with weight. She's the author of How to Lose Your Last 10 Pounds, Simple, Permanent, Deprivation-Free, host of The Last 10 Pounds podcast, and creator of The Last 10 Pounds System. Please enjoy this conversation with me and Brenda. Okay, Brenda, are you ready for this? I'm so ready. I'm excited. I'm really (laughs) pumped. (laughs) All right, let's talk about it. So you are one of my favorite success stories because, and let's just tell them a little bit about the story of you getting into master coach training, because that'll be kind of fun. So yeah. you're one of my students who got certified, who decided that you wanted to be in master coach training right away, right? You'd only been certified for how long? Maybe like two months. Yeah, like two months. You came and you yeah. said, please let me get into master coach training. You applied. I came back and said, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said, actually, it was much, it was nicer than that. It was an email that said, thanks for your application. It was really hard to make a decision, but no, (laughs) not at this time. Yeah. I don't think you're ready. And I didn't think you were ready, right? You were brand new. You still had a job, right? Mm -hmm. What were you doing? So I'm also a licensed occupational therapist. So I was working full time as an occupational therapist. Right. Okay. That's what I was doing. Yeah. So I said, no, now most people, at that point would have just gone back to their full-time job and just kept working. Tell everyone what you did. So, okay. I, I have been actually had this vision of where I wanted to be today. I would say since 2009, I remember it. It was my birthday, 2009. I was like, this is what I want to create. I didn't know exactly, exactly what it would look like, but I knew I wanted to like 
have my own business where I coached women and I really helped them end their struggle. So I've been on this for a while. Yeah. So when I got certified as a life coach and then when I went to mastermind and you presented this, I was like, I need to be in that group. Like I need to, this is the year it's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. So when, when you replied, no, I had already put the dates we were going to meet in my calendar. You don't even know this. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Like the dates that we were going to have our in-person trainings for the master coach. I had already wrote them in my calendar. Like it was already part of my plan. So when you said that I wasn't, you know, ready or whatever, I was like, no, this is not, this is not like, I really need to make this happen. Like, so I just decided to respond to you and really basically convince you or like share with you why I really, why I was going to be your best client, your best students. And yeah, that's what I responded. And I, I mean, I really did believe everything that I wrote in there. <laughs> that I, yeah. This is part of my plan. I needed this, that I was going to be committed and, and all of that. Yeah. And not only that, you, you wrote back and said, I'm totally committed. I'm all in and I want to pay more. Than oh, yeah. That part. Right. I want to pay you more for it. And, you know, it really made me think about when I signed up with my coach, Frank Kern, and yeah. um, I remember thinking, I'm going to, I'm not as successful as all these other guys that have signed up. You know, all the people that I signed up with were making so much more money than me and they were so much more successful than me. But I remember thinking, I am going to be the most improved student. That is my yeah. goal and that's what I'm going to do. And so when I got that message from you and you said that you would pay more, I was like, all right, let's do it. And so <laughs> I did, I accepted your money that was more than what the tuition was. And I knew for sure you know, that you were going to be committed and you were going to go for it and and deliver. And so it wasn't quite that easy though, right? We had some. Yeah. And I just want to add on to that for your listeners. I did, I made that offer to pay even more and I didn't even have that money, but it didn't matter because I was so determined. I knew I was going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So So it wasn't like I had all this money sitting there and I was just going to pay for this class and it was easy. No, it was hard. It was scary. Yeah. But I knew I was determined to do it. Yeah. That's such an amazing lesson to think about because I think that there's so many people that aren't willing to go all in on themselves. Yeah. They aren't willing to risk it. And I was talking to um, actually some of Frank's students. He had me speak at his live event And one of the things that I say is, is to my students and to his students, I said, what is the worst that can happen? And in your case, like, let's think about it. What is the worst that could have happened? You make this significant investment into master coach training and you don't put the time and the effort in, you don't work hard, you don't make anything happen. The worst that can happen is that you would be in the exact same space you are now minus the tuition that you paid for me. And so when, when I say to people, hey, the worst that can happen is what's happening now, people are like, no, because you have less money. <laughs> but what they're not considering is the cost opportunity that they're missing. So people say, well, I'm not, if I don't do anything, I'm not losing any money. Really? Right. Because I'm pretty sure if Brenda hadn't done it, she would have lost several hundred thousand dollars that she has now made. Yep. Yep. Think about that, right? They're like, I don't want to lose this little bit of tuition, but really you have to think about what if it does work? How much am I losing? Yeah. And also so much time. 
Like there's no way that I would be where I'm at right now without that, without the mentorship and guidance and coaching, but also without me raising the bar on my level of commitment, yes. which is what it really, you win. Yeah. There is no, that like, that's what Tony Robbins says. He's like, you burned the boats, man. You were going and you were going for it. Right. And the whole time we were in master coach training, I think people think, oh, when you're all in, then everything becomes easier. And it does in a lot of ways because you're not questioning everything. Yeah. So hard. Right. Because you think about oh, yeah. you, you didn't have any clients you are still working full time. <laughs> yeah. Right. We still needed to change your market. I had to be super tough with you. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come yeah. on, target market. Like, <laughs> yeah. The difference is you were, you were willing and ready to go. And that I think is what the, and let's talk about this for the students that are listening that want to make six figures in their business. They okay. Imagine, I mean, you were making no money you were a brand new coach. You didn't have the money to pay tuition and now you're making you know, over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Like, yeah. Yeah. I actually, I emailed Mark this morning. He's my CFO as well. Like my books guy. So he keeps track of my money. And I was like, I want to be able to tell Brooke kind of like where I'm at. Yeah. And my predicted, if I just keep at the rate that I'm at, will be just at 200 K basically. But of course that's not I'm not, I don't plan to stay on this track. I plan to just yeah, keep that's so mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now I'm like, nope, um, that's a nice start, but I'm going to keep, you know, it's just fun to set bigger goals now. It's so fun. And so tell me what you've learned about yourself through this process. I mean, obviously you've learned the lesson that committing and going all in, like really betting on yourself has been very lucrative to you. Like where else can you invest that amount of money and you know make a couple hundred thousand dollars yeah i i would say the most amazing thing and it might even sound cliche but it really is just that i know i can truly do anything i want to do yeah i can truly create anything i want to create and that just feels it's i mean it's so empowering it's also just to me, that feeling of feeling unlimited also just feels very free. Like, I don't know, there's nothing more amazing than that, I think. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I think is really important, you know, you went through coach training with 12 other people that, you know, had made the same investment, actually a little bit of a less of an investment. And uh, you know, you were a brand new coach. You weren't even that good of a coach yet. You were still practicing. You did your marketing was all over the place, right? But the thing that's so interesting is that when you go all in and believe in yourself, none of that mattered, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're like, oh, I just got to coach more. I just got to practice more. I just got to get better. And now you're at the point because you believed in yourself, your coaching level has skyrocketed. Your marketing levels have skyrocketed. Your confidence has skyrocketed because you didn't let all those reasons be, I need more practice. I need more, you know, money. I need more time, right? And so I think that is truly an example of what is possible in this industry if you do if you're willing to do that yeah I mean essentially when you go all in you just have to step up your game anywhere you need to step up your game that's right right. no matter how scary it is like there's so many especially the two weeks before I left my job like for good 
I seriously didn't sleep for like two weeks. <laughs> and you, you like coached me on that a little bit or a lot actually, but it was challenging and it wasn't easy and it was uncomfortable as hell, but right. it's so worth it because it would have been way more expensive for me not to go for it because I would be in this place where the reason I would have stayed there is because I was afraid or didn't believe in myself. Yeah. So what would you say? I, I've had a lot, I've been talking to a lot of students lately that are struggling and some of them are my students, right? That have gone through the life coach school. And there's a lot of students in scholars that are, have not been certified by me, but that are still struggling. I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are still struggling. And one yeah. of the things that they tell themselves is that, oh, Brooke can do that because Brooke's a special snowflake. Brooke's a special unicorn. Brooke's different than everybody else in the world, right? Yeah. And, you know, I know that that isn't true because I know how I felt before I started. It's just how they feel too. Right. So what would you say to those people? Well, you know, it's funny you say that because one of the thoughts that I kept thinking that actually helped me, I think, just kind of also, I mean, using the model all throughout for sure, right. for sure. But one of the thoughts I thought a lot is I would look at you and I'm like, if she can do it, I can do it. If she can do it, I can do it. But I think from a little bit different place than you're describing, because I think that I saw that it is work for you, but I'm just like, if she can do it, I can, if she can do that work, I can do that work. If she can coach herself through that, I can coach myself through that. If she can build this business, I can build this business. I don't see it like it was handed to you. You like you built it. So like if she can build that, if she can create that, I can build that and create it. And but it's that so was much faster sure. too, because I'm telling you how to do it. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm not having to totally figure it out on my own. Right. So, so yeah, I definitely thought if she can do it, I can do it. But everything else that comes along with it, not just, I didn't think like, it's almost a little bit of opposite of like Brooke's a special snowflake. It's like, Brooke's a human just like me. Yes. I'm, I have a brain like she has a brain, like. Right. I'm just as capable. So, so, but also like, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going. That's the most powerful thought ever because don't, this is what we, this has been the theme of this podcast that I've talked to everyone about. I'm like, doesn't it suck that the first year is the hardest? Like, wouldn't it be better if like the fifth year was the hardest? Cause then you would hang in. But like the first year is where most people give up. Yeah. it is so hard. So what, what are your thoughts about that? Because do you feel like it's getting easier now? It's not getting easier, but I find that like, for example, I just launched my book two days ago and two days before my book launch, you know, I paid this guy to build a funnel and I just wanted to pay someone and take care of it because I didn't want to have to learn that whole new skill or whatever. Right. So he sends me the funnel and it looks like a mess and uh, I just totally go into overwhelm. But the difference is I'm able to see that what I'm doing um, and to know that it's not helpful, but also know that like this, I've felt this way before and I got through it. So yeah. I think probably the first year might, it, it probably a lot of people don't make it through because they don't have evidence yet that they are able to do it. So true. Yeah. Whereas like now, like, you know what, it, it isn't, 
And especially when you, if you're the kind of person that keeps setting bigger goals, like, okay, I'm already, now I'm making a hundred K, but now I have a bigger goal. So I'm going to keep going. Right. But but when I get into these, these like moments of like something challenging, I actually can look back and be like, oh, well, I've done this before. I've figured things out like this before. Maybe it was a little different, but I now have confidence. Yeah. So much confidence. And it's so interesting to watch because in the beginning, sometimes your confidence isn't as there as you need to be. You have to have more commitment than confidence, right? You're like, I'm going to do this no matter what. And I will build that confidence as I go. I will build that belief in myself. But the commitment is what gets you through. And isn't that true? I mean, your work is all with the last 10 pounds with weight loss, right? Right. It's so different. It's the same with our businesses as it is with our weight loss. It's so powerful to know that like, you don't have to be great if you have an undying commitment to something. Yeah. I mean, if you keep taking action and you make the decision that you're going to keep taking action until you get there, getting that result is inevitable. It's really just a matter of time. That's right. That's right. And when you believe that you never let any failure or any hiccup or anything going wrong, prevent you from continuing that action. And that is something that, um, you know, that's no joke. You have to be kind of a badass to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I think everyone has it in them to be a badass if they want to be. But, you know, yeah, like you said, being a badass is not, it's not easy. And being a badass sometimes is just crying for 10 minutes because your funnel (laughs) you know but like actually being like okay all right I'm done crying now now I'm gonna email this guy back and we're gonna make this amazing right right you know it, it comes as a package it's so true it's so true and then like you said it's like once you get to so you've like mastered it's kind of like you make this commitment i'm gonna make a hundred thousand dollars and then you make that and then you're so excited and proud of yourself that you're like whoa what else did i do mm-hmm. what else am i capable of so much like this seemed like such a far away goal and i think that's what i want to let most everybody know is like the only reason why making six figures for some of you right now seems so far away is because you haven't normalized it in your brain. And yeah. that's something that I really wanted to do with this podcast is have five coaches on that have normalized it and can talk about it in a way that it's just normal now that we make this much money. Right. And, yeah. and it can be normal for anyone. And, you know, I was t- telling uh, one of my girlfriends the other day, I'm like, I get all of these comments from people for being a woman and being a life coach and working from home. Everyone's always asking me what my husband does for a living and all the, you know, all of these things. I never let any of that stuff offend me because I feel so incredibly proud, not only that I'm a woman and a life coach and killing it in business, but also because I have proven to myself exactly what you said, that I'm capable of anything. Yeah. And I want to share a little story that I just remembered it was, I think, our third in-person training for Master Coach training. No, no, I think it was our second. But anyways, at that point, I had total made $5,000 total. Wow. Total. So we were like halfway through. That's how much I had made. And I think I had raised my hand to ask a question of some sort. Anyways, but you basically said to me, oh, I think I was worried if I would really make back my investment. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Brenda, 
if you don't make back what you invested by the end of master coach training, I'm going to jump off a bridge. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to kill myself. (laughs) Yeah. Looking back at that, that's so like, uh, I mean, it it totally makes sense. You were so confident I could do it. But to me, it it really like I had to work so hard on my brain Mm. to, you know, coach myself to believe that that was possible because it kept wanting to go like, no, it's not. What if you can't do it? What if you can't do it? What if you can't pay your bills? What if you can't get enough clients? And now that's like, I make more than that in one month. Right. Isn't that so I mean, exciting? Actually, I've made more than, more than that in a few days. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the thing I tell my students all the time is I say, I never, you never look at a baby learning how to walk and yeah. doubt that they'll ever be able to do it. You're never like, I don't know. This one's falling a lot. Yeah. Right. Never. It never even occurs to you the possibility that that toddler won't learn to walk. And it's the same with all of my students. It's like, if you do what I tell you to do, if you follow this program that I have outlined for you, if you are committed to being uncomfortable, excruciatingly uncomfortable for a significant period of time, it's just math. It's just yep. a matter of time. And so you can see now why I was so confident, right? If you were yeah, yeah. Um, if you were back in that day talking to yourself, right? It would be the exact same message. Yeah, it's oh, funny I, now. Yeah, it's hard to see at that time when you're in it. Because every all your fears seem so real, right? Oh, totally. It's funny now. And I like love that it happened. And I'm smiling as I'm telling you about it. Like, I love that story. I love the story of me emailing you and wanting to pay you like I love all those things because of what they taught me what I can take away from that now and so now when I set bigger goals that and now like actually today one of my posts on my social media today was set impossible goals Mm -hmm. and I I love that now I'm like ooh, I love setting impossible goals because then I just get to make that happen and I just keep showing myself and my clients. I, yes. You know, one of the also really valuable things, because you asked me, like, what's one of the most best things about having done achieved this and done it? Right. I can truly look at any client or any student, you know, you would call your students in the eye and be like, you can do that. If you want it, right. if, going, if you really commit all in, you can have that. You can create that. And I truly, truly believe it. Yeah. And I feel that that really helps people believe in themselves as well. So true. It's so true. You know what I love about, um, you know, making the idea of making the impossible happen. If you state it, like I'm going to go after this impossible goal, it's almost like you're, you, t- it, it lets your brain settle down because if you say, I'm going to go and I'm going to lose 50 pounds, your brain's like, mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. but if you say like, I'm going to, approach and accomplish the goal of the impossible goal of losing 50 pounds and your brain is like it's impossible you're like yeah I already said that <laughs> yeah right? you're like, oh. it's like you you give it to your brain yes I know it's impossible but I'm going to do it anyway and it's yeah. kind of almost like this little trick for your brain and it's something that I've been able to do really powerfully in my life when it comes to making money so I kind of want to end this whole podcast friend is my last interview with saying that if you are in a position right now where $100,000 seems impossible, go after that impossible goal 
anyway, because what is the worst that can happen, right? The worst that can happen is that you are sitting right where you are right now, right? Mm-hmm. You not give yourself the opportunity to accomplish something and blow your own damn mind. It's so fun, right? Yeah, it's, it really is fun. I would just totally piggyback on what you just said. Good. If, you're, if whoever's listening right now is feeling nervous or scared or doubtful, like that's all the more reason to go do it. And it's That's only right. going to be that much fun once you achieve the impossible, which you really can. Just decide that you're going to make it happen and go do it. Do it. Go do it. <laughs> do All right, Brenda. Thank you so much for taking this. You're welcome. I'm so proud of you. You're killing it out mm-hmm. there. You guys, go check Brenda out. What's your URL? BrendaLomeli.com. So that's B-R-E-N-D-A-L-O-M-E-L-I.com. And especially go there if you want to lose the last 10 pounds. Absolutely. All right, my (laughs) friends. Take care. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Okay, my friends. I hope you enjoyed all of those interviews. I know that I did. That's definitely a podcast that you can put on repeat and listen to for inspiration as you are growing your life coach or any other kind of business. So proud of my students and so inspired by their success. And I hope you are too. Hope you guys have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out Self Coaching Scholars. It's my monthly coaching program where we take all this material and we apply it. We take it to the next level and we study it. Join me over at thelifecoachschool.com forward slash join. Make sure you type in the the T-H-E lifecoachschool.com forward slash join. I'd love to have you join me in self-coaching scholars. See you there.